The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the More You Noble Sports Podcast. I am Mike Noble, uh, at more underscore noble on Twitter is where you can find us. I'm joined by the left, or on the left of me by Caleb Noble, uh, Verde Salsa 8 again, still the worst Twitter handle of all time. Are we going to change that? No, probably not. We're going to keep that. It's original. Pretty hard to find you, and we know we might be looking for Pace or something like that if we're looking for you, but either way, that's where you can find us. Again, thank you for joining us. Really, really, really appreciate it. Um, please give us a like on Facebook, follow us on there, follow us on Twitter, again, at more underscore noble. Rate us. You guys are doing a great job. We really appreciate that. We've gotten ratings on Apple, on Google Play, as well as on Spotify. Thank you for wherever you are listening to us at. We really, really appreciate it. Um, last week, what we took last week off, took our own All-Star break week. Caleb, how was your week off? Pretty good. Just watched the All-Star game, waited for Cardinal Baseball to get back. It was Less of a break and more of an anticipation of the break being over for me, at least. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, I I took some time off as well. Uh, My wife and I went to New Orleans, and it was really, really nice, Um, which leads me to a few things that I need to talk about before we get into our sports. All right? Obviously, we are a sports podcast, right? That is what we do. That is our focus. But there are other things that we like to talk about as well. We, we, uh, this whole thing started with us just having conversations daily about things, and we thought, why not just put it out there, and we can have some people join us, and, you know, I, I know there's a lot of you out there who have the same ideas, or you think, man, they got really bad ideas. So we appreciate all that feedback as well, but there's a few things I need to talk about beforehand. Uh, as Caleb knows, we've traveled our entire life. Uh, we've gone all over, mainly the south, the midwest, the north, all over, and we've driven everywhere, right? So I've become a pretty, uh pretty accomplished interstate driver. This trip home, uh, my wife was not feeling well. I drove the entire way she slept, was absolutely riddled with terrible drivers. All right, so here's what I know. I believe that the majority of you, 150,000 of you out there listening right there, right now, right to us, are fantastic drivers. But a bunch of y'all motherfuckers did not take driver's ed and sit in the back and watch those black and white videos to become good drivers that's what i know all right we need to talk just a little bit because i feel like caleb and i need to give some lessons caleb drives a lot like i do some might say not great others would say fantastic efficient efficient maybe a little fast but we we know what we're doing out there right we know what we're doing there are a lot of you who don't so let's just get this out of the way because this is something i've been thinking in my mind and we got to go look if you want to get on the interstate and drive slowly hey we got a lane for you we got a lane for you. The right lane. The right lane, right? I'm not even going to go on about the truckers. Hey, you truckers keep us. You keep our stores sh- you know, stocked. You, you guys are working your butts off out there. There are times I know that the, the idiot in front of you can't drive. you got to get over in the left-hand lane. It sucks for the rest of us, but we got your back. We understand that. This is for everyone else. All right? I did not do any uh, data analysis here. Remember the tri boards that you used to make for the scientific method yeah. and everything else, right? We didn't do any of that. Um, however, <laughs> however, all right. Did we just lose all of this? <laughs> no, it's still going. You just okay. Well, now we did because I don't know how you're gonna. Now we have to start all the way over. No, okay. We had a little technical difficulty here, but that is okay. We're good. All right. Anyway, just so you understand. I don't understand people who get in my lane, the left-hand lane, and then go slower than I do. 
Can you explain that to me? Um, no, it's even worse when there's someone in the right-hand lane going slow, and then someone pulls over to the left-hand lane and goes the same speed, so you're just stuck behind them until, a- one, until you either scare them enough to where they go faster, or you just are at mercy of one of them pulling over. Absolutely stuck. And, and like I said, I did not do any hypothesis or no educated guesses. I'm just using my own data. Here's what I know, all right? I, I know that when I, I drive by them, because they finally get over, because I do get, you know, I let them know that I'm not, a, I'm not happy with them when they're driving in front of me slowly. When they get over, I do want to stare at them, right? Do you do the same thing, right? Because yeah. they need to know, right? They need to know that they have done something wrong, and they shouldn't be able to do that again. Here is what I'm finding. These are my findings. About 70% of them are on their phones. Mm-hmm. They're just staring down. They're not even looking at the road. We're going 80 on the interstate and they're not even they're not even looking at the road so let's just discontinue that group because they just that's dangerous and we don't we don't condone that i don't know what you're doing all right it's the other 30 percent that we got to talk about you know that you're not supposed to do this right in my mind there's something wrong with these people the people that drive slow on the left hand lane yep there's something wrong. I, there's been times where my truck doesn't go too fast, and I'll be going pretty. I'll, I'll be annoyed because someone in front of me is going a little slower than I am, and I'll and then I don't realize there's a hill coming up, and I try to pass that person, and then next thing I know, I'm going 60 on the interstate because mm. there's a hill. Well, okay, so that, you would you would get the look. You would get the look that, from me. I don't try to do it. I but. think that we are. I think there we can now. And I'm no. I'm no uh, scientist. I'm no psychologist. I'm no sociologist. But I do believe that we can now figure out and find people who have things wrong with them, and they're the ones who do this. That's my guess, right? Because these aren't the these aren't the attractive people at the job. They're not the smartest people, probably, right? They're not the ones that people like. There's a problem with this 30% of the population. And here's what I also know. They're the people that go on cruises. Mississippi, not a problem. First of all, shout out to Arkansas, 75 miles per hour is now their speed limit on the interstate, which to me means I can go 90, right? Add 15, we're going, okay? So good for them. That's great. Missouri, you guys win. You guys win the idiots on the the road award. No doubt about it. At one point, let me tell you, at one point, I'm going 93, Right, <laughs> not condoning you speeding like that, but I am. We're making good time. Your mom's not feeling well; she's sleeping. I'm going, and I'm going to flow the traffic. Also, for those of you who know, the best thing to do, and as a, a, a seasoned, accomplished road trip driver, you really want to find that two other cars, right? And you want to get right in between them. Yeah. So you've kind of got the three. So you're going right? the same speed, and you can't go in the same speed. Over. I'm the I want to be in the middle, right? Drafting, we're not NASCAR people, but that might be what we, that's about as much NASCAR talk as we've got. But right, you want to do that. Also, I always feel like when I notice somebody's getting behind me, like they appreciate me as a driver. They're like, that guy knows what he's doing. I want to get behind that guy. So, okay, good, all right. Or they're like, that guy's scary, I'm glad I'm behind him. <laughs> that could be, but it feels like they get right there, and then when you go left, they go left, and when you go right, they know what they're doing too. So I really do appreciate their shout-outs to me as I'm driving. Get in Missouri. I'm, go- I'm flying. All of a sudden, I get behind a car, right, and it's going maybe 67. I drop my speed to 67, 68. There's no one in the right-hand lane. Right, except for another person going 67 or 68. I'm stuck, right? I'm stuck. So I'm behind this car for a while. 
one of those small little SUVs, which I have also found to be a little bit of the problem with the driving, okay? So I finally get around them. Guess what? Couple of white olds, all right? Just happen to be female. I'm not stereotyping by any stretch. By any, just that's, that's what they were. They could have easily been two old white guys. I don't know, but they weren't. They weren't. Both of them, I'm talking mid, late 70s, maybe early 80s, both of them on their phone. <laughs> both of them were on their phone. They, I couldn't even, like, they, were, they weren't even, they, there wasn't even a lookup. It was like, I, and this wasn't a self-driving Tesla. This was a, like, a Honda CRV. They've lived so long, they just take rest <laughs> nowadays. Both on their phone. So I get around them, and right behind me is the guy who appreciates my driving. He flies out behind me, uh, as do 35 other cars. Right? So we get over, I like to get over in the right-hand lane, just in case there is someone who wants to go 105 and get past me. I get in the right-hand lane. I go just a little bit, quarter mile. I look back. She is still back there. And there is, she's still in the left-hand lane going maybe 65. And there is people, every, the trucks are going around, everyone's going around her. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. So as, as this is my final thing I have to say, as I'm coming up uh, Missouri again, right, I get behind this lady in a red car, and I think, uh-oh, here we go, right, here we go. So I go around her to the right, and I look, she has a full styrofoam leftover container. Phone is in the left hand, she's driving with her <laughs> knees, and she's eating out of the styrofoam container. And so at first, at first I didn't know whether to be pissed. Or like that's pretty that's impressive. That's pretty impressive because she was going probably seventy five. I was just going about eighty five, ninety eight around her. All right, so I get up and I, I just get around her and I go. Next thing I know, here she comes. She obviously <laughs> finished her business with the phone, ate her leftovers, whatever they were, and she is flying. And for the next hour and a half, I stayed right on her <laughs> tail the entire way. She was an excellent driver. So, but guys, for all of you to know, she was from Illinois. She was not from Also, Missouri. don't eat and text while driving. Yeah. At least yeah. not at the same time. It was, it was sort of impressive, but we are not condoning that behavior, right? We would not condone that That's kind impressive of impressive until I just wrong. needed to get that out there because it has been eating at me for a little bit. I wasn't really able to talk to your mom about it. Uh, she slept, which she needed to do, but we need to get that out. So, as a sports show, that's about as close to NASCAR as we're ever going to get. However, we are team... Team Bubba, right? Bubba Wallace, Team Jordan. Where were those guys? But it's not a sport. But it's not a sport, right? We'll talk about sports later. With what is a sport? We're gonna have to have that conversation later. All right. I'm sorry. I just needed to want to get. That. I wanted to get that out there. I apologize for the little technical difficulty we had there for a second. That's on me. All right. Let's get to the. Let's get to the the week that was. Have, having four days without baseball was tough. I'm not gonna lie. It was tough. We were out of town, but still, it was a little tough. Let's start Sunday the draft, right? Uh, the, the draft, um, shout out to all of those guys, right, who got drafted incredible. 40 rounds this year. Um, no, 20 rounds this year. They're going to go back to 40. I remember it used to be like 60-something. Mike so, Yeah, right. So really, really cool to see uh, those guys. Look, first of all, Hank Davis, right, from Louisville. Hunter Davis. Huh? Well, Henry. Henry let's, Davis. Let's call him Hank. Right? Henry I'm Davis. sure. I guarantee they call him Hank, right? <laughs> they, if not, Pittsburgh, call him Hank. Right, let's call him Hank. Yeah. So Hank Davis, number one pick overall out of Louisville as a catcher. He just signed. Today or yesterday, six and a half million dollars. That's a good That's start. Odd. Yeah, not bad for a 21-year-old kid, right? He'll probably be up in two years if I had to guess. Yeah, all the reports were that he was um, the, the most accomplished hitter and in the probably draft. probably the most major league ready hitter in the draft. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. Yeah, heard a lot about the shortstops, right? Anything, what'd you hear that's about what the I wanted to talk about. Marcelo Meyer, yeah. that's the steal of the draft for me. 
obviously the um, <clears throat> the Kumar Rocker pick at ten. That could you could go back and that could be one of the to the biggest mess. steals ever. Why the Angels didn't take him, I don't know. Yeah. But Marcelo Meyer was a lot of people thought he was gonna go first. I mean to drop down to four, Boston has a pretty solid talent group right now. They didn't need someone to come up in the next two years to be with them. Obviously I think they want to keep Xander Bogart as long as they can. But if that were to fall through or his defense is clunky at times, I mean you've got a guy who's probably the most talented shortstop of the class. Maybe the most talented player. And obviously Jack Leiter going too. Yeah, I Texas. thought he was the best player in the draft. Right. I would have taken him first. But, I mean, Texas got a pretty good arm that I think probably be ready in two to three years. You know, we, you and I talked about this the other day, or oh, a couple days ago actually. You know, it's very reminiscent of the when the Twins took Maurer over Pryor. Everybody thought Pryor was the best pick in the draft. The Twins took Maurer. A lot of that has to do with, with money. Um, but... You know, you never know. Hank Davis, an accomplished hitter, might be a Jason Kendall type for the next ten years for the Pirates. That's what you know. That's what they're banking on. Um, Cardinals ranked really high in the draft, right? Then we go a little bit through the Cardinals draft just quickly. Yeah, Michael McGreevy was a great pick um, to go and take a guy who throws strikes. Obviously, that's the number one downfall they've had is throwing strikes this year and just getting a solid pitcher in general. And I just. I, I don't know. I like it. I like the pick a lot. He was actually at the game I went to. I went to the game on what was that two days ago? Yeah, the first we went game Friday. back from the All Star game. We went. He was there. That was cool to see him there. Yeah. He signed for just over three million dollars. Am I right? I think something in that area yeah. is what I saw. And he did sign, so he's officially a Cardinal. Cool to see the ovation he got as well. Obviously, St. Louis fans understand what he could mean in a couple years. And honestly, I looked at what he's got. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Dakota Hudson. The guy's not going to overpower you. He's not going to throw ninety nine. But he's got he's got mid nine mid to high ninety stuff. Pretending, I mean that's why we started at the end of the year, and who knows what they can unlock in the minor leagues. And I mean I'd love to see him in the big leagues as soon as possible. But I and mean I, I would think that's a guy that could kind of almost speed through the minor leagues with his. I mean from everything I've heard, he's very level headed, big league ready stuff. Not necessarily a big league arm in terms of ninety nine, a hundred. But big league command and a big league brain, which is honestly what we need on this team right now. One scout, one scout said that uh, they thought he he started the year probably as a middle round pick guy, but was so accomplished got his his uh, he has commanded three pitches and, and is, I guess is working on a fourth is what I read. Uh, one scout said he's probably ready to start at high A. If you wanted to go ahead and put him there, he could probably go there and be successful. A guy who's going to throw a lot of innings, uh, like you said. Hey, if if it's another Dakota Hudson type. Well, that would be fantastic. And you uh, look at him, and you look at a lot of these guys, and you're like, oh, that guy's skinny. I mean, you go look at almost any Major League Baseball star, and you look at them their first year, they're almost a different human. Absolutely. He looks like a Major League Baseball player right now. Absolutely. Like, he's the big he's the big guy, fills out nicely, looks like a pitcher already. And with guys like Jack Flaherty and Wayno, whoever, next spring training, I'm assuming he'll get invited to. I mean, to bounce anything off of those guys, I mean, mad dog, of course. Cardinals definitely went pitcher heavy, drafting um, 10, 11, 12 pitchers, right, in this in their 20 rounds. But, I mean, that makes sense, right? And obviously you had a consolation pick in there. But that second pick with Josh Baez, that's going to be really interesting. This guy is, must evidently, people absolutely say you have to watch him play. Yeah, I mean, he he's another one of those guys that they almost, like, you think they kind of steal because a lot of people thought he was going to go late first round, and mm-hmm. he just kept falling and falling. And he fell to us. It was a really pitcher-heavy draft this year. It was. And speaking of, of pitcher and shortstop, yeah. that was almost. Uh, and speaking of pitcher-heavy draft, 
the Anaheim Angels to add 20 picks. They took all 20 pitchers. Which is good. <laughs> I mean, That's exactly what they needed to do. It's like we, we're betting on one like, to hit. It's almost like they don't have any place to put anyone in the next 5 to 10 years, so might as well get a right. pitcher out there. Right. Uh, yeah, so the Cardinals ranked in the top 5. I mean, they uh, you know by a lot of people that we've read, ranked as having a top 5 draft. Obviously, neither one of us, no one knows. Let's get that out there right here. Nobody knows how any of these guys are going to be. Uh, your first round pick could end up being... Garbage, and your 20th round pick could end up being a superstar. Yeah. You do not know. Baseball, to me, is the, the hardest thing to draft. It's the biggest crapshoot because a, a 17, 18, 19, even a 20-year-old is so much different. And, and you don't know. The, I mean, sometimes guys get money, the work ethic. You just, There's so many factors that go into it. I mean, you know, I mean, like we just said, ever, the greatest hitting catcher of all time almost didn't get drafted. Right. I can you imagine if Mike Piazza never got drafted? Right. Yeah. How the landscape of baseball would have And he was changed. drafted because of a favor. Yeah, honestly. Right up because of his talent. And he worked hard and got to the big leagues. And Albert Pujols, not, obviously, you look back at that draft and he would be the first overall pick taken had they known what the future was going to be. But he was a he was a later round pick and, I mean, maybe the greatest right-hand header of all time is in the argument for it. Absolutely. I mean, especially at the, at the catcher position, no doubt about it. Uh, okay, so we start with the draft. Uh, like I said, hey, shout out to all those guys. This is a dream come true. As your two guys who that was our dream was to have our name called and didn't ever have that happen. Those I couldn't even imagine getting that phone call and saying, "Hey, you're with us." Like uh, you know, with the bias kid, he is a Vandy commit, correct? Um, yeah, a lot of yeah. Yeah, but you know, uh, the slot money. I, I've heard he's I, ready to go pro, but you never know. I heard he's I heard he's signing right. Has he yeah. signed yet? I, I haven't I haven't heard if he's signed yet it or not. It seems like I mean, if you get an opportunity to go play for the Cardinal organization. Why you want to jump at that? He'll probably be great in the minor leagues and get traded in a couple of years. But I mean, if you if you have that opportunity to go play an organization that develops really well, whether or not you stick around the organization, that's been a problem, obviously, here of late with all of our great outfielders that are dispersed around the American League nowadays. Yep. But I mean, they they produce talent. They know how to develop talent. And I mean, that's just almost the perfect place to to go. Like I saw McGreevy we at the game. And I was thinking of being in his shoes and looking out at like left field and seeing all those pictures of Bob Gibson and, and looking at third base and seeing Nolan and being like, I might be playing in front of Nolan Arenado in three years. Right. Like, I can't even imagine that right. being a, a thought in your head. Yeah. Yachty, Wayno. Um, one, yeah. So let's, let's hope that these Cardinals, I mean, this, you know, on paper, people really seem to like it. So let's hope that that pans out. Uh, while we were on break, you know, on our all, our all-star break as well as yours, you know, I gave Caleb one job while I was out of town, and his job was to get Tyler O'Neill booked for this show. Uh, I hate to inform all of you that he had one job and did not accomplish said job. Oh, so we're hoping later, later we'll have Paul, or Paul, I want to, nope, Tyler O'Neill on here, and we're hoping he becomes well, a regular just because we want to talk to him because he has become one of my favorite players. Yeah, he's awesome. And also, I don't if he were to come on the show and then slide, I don't want to be responsible that's, for that. That's a good point. So while he's still, obviously, homered last night, another big hit tonight, let him go. Okay, all right. Let all him right. go, let him do maybe his thing. Later. Maybe no later. No distractions. He needs to go and play. Maybe, maybe just stay later. healthy, Tyler, all right, if you're yeah. listening. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, also, we did, Caleb and I did go to the game Friday night to see the Giants and the Cardinals play. Uh, it, w- it was not a great start to the, the second half. We're going to talk about the Cardinals in, in the next section uh, in a little bit. However, it was Willie McGee bobblehead. Gnome, Bob, Willie McGee, gnome, bobblehead night. Right? Uh, as a Cardinals fan, lifelong, Willie McGee is my all-time favorite Cardinal. Mm-hmm. 
all-time favorite Cardinal. Uh, I have an, an authentic jersey of McGee. I was going to wear it. So we get out. Caleb and I get down there early because we want to make sure we get said bobblehead. I put on the jersey, uh, added a few LBs over the year. The, the jersey doesn't fit nearly as well as it used to. So I'm like, Caleb, I'm not wearing this. I'm going to put it back. Walked back to the car. Took us maybe two minutes to do that. We get into the, to the stadium. Caleb's got our tickets. We get in. Uh, they hand us the bobbleheads. Uh, and we're like, this is awesome. So we go get our seats. We sat in the bleachers, which is where we normally always sit. And Willie had signed 150 of the 30,000 that they right. gave away. Right, and and uh, before we left, my daughter said, "What do you think the chances are? Like, he's your favorite player. What do you think the chances are that you get one?" I said, "None, zero. So I open mine up. Obviously, no signature. Caleb opens his up, and lo and behold, right there on the little cardinal hat is a Willie McGee signature. Yeah, I I saw him open his, and I looked at it, and I was like, "Okay, it's in the wrapping." Obviously, I opened mine, and I was like, "There's no wrapping." I was like, "That's either strange, like someone opened it already." Or and and I could see like it looked like it had been opened before, and I and honestly I'd forgotten he gave a signature to any of them, signed any of them until you signature, signature, yeah, your words are fun until you said oh mine's not I was like oh and then I looked on the hat and I was like wait unless this is like a trick pretty awesome pretty awesome I do believe and maybe we should put a poll out there on Twitter or Facebook for you guys that since it is my favorite player he should I'm just kidding he has offered offered it he has offered I'm not. He should keep that. That's awesome that he got that. I think it's so cool. Uh, also, my wife will not let me put these bobblehead gnomes anywhere around the house, which I do not blame also, her for that. So, really cool that you got that. Another important thing, it proves to me they actually do have people sign them. They do. Because contrary, I mean, to my belief in the past, because I've never seen one, <laughs> is that they say that so people come to the games right. and no autographs to be found. And Jim Edmonds said he stole two of them. Right, right. Yeah, so, Jimmy, I was assuming there's a couple people like that. But it was cool that I was able to really get awesome, obviously. Really awesome. Not, Crappy game, we'll talk, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. But that's really, really cool that you got that. I, I'm stoked that you got it. So It was cool. Yeah, pretty awesome. All right, so let's move on from there. The Home Run Derby Monday night. Uh, your mom and I were in New Orleans. We were lucky enough to meet up with a, a couple buddies, uh, a buddy that I knew from, from high school. He actually was your mom's age. And one of his friends who was also from Roxana, where I graduated from Roxana High School. And we watched, uh, at one of my favorite bars, Cooter Browns, we watched Home Run Derby. All the talk of Otani. Right, uh, my pick. Your pick was Otani. Yeah. My pick was Gallo. Right. Um, going in. So as we made our picks into that, I was really stoked to see it. Now I've got a lot of things that I want to talk about the Derby, things that I'd like to see change. But it was awesome. It was. It, it was awesome. It was one of the best home run derbies I've ever seen. Just the star talent, and I do believe if Shohei Otani wouldn't have started off so slow, I think he was. He saw the excitement around him, and I think he almost got too excited, rolled over a lot, that he would have won it. Because you saw how easily, Gallo same way, those two guys, when they got in the groove in the last minute and a half, it was just, it was effortless, 450, 500 feet home yep. runs. But, I mean, Trey Mancini was, right. that was one of the cooler things I've seen. Pete Alonso kind of disappointed in you, kind of had to take it from him. <laughs> but, obviously, Trey Mancini doesn't want anything easy. But it was, it was just cool to see, like, and I think it's important to acknowledge, he's not just there. Because he got cancer, right? He's a really damn good baseball player. Yes, he is. So I mean, and I don't an awesome. And dude. I didn't. And I saw people on Twitter saying, "Oh, he's in it because of whatever." Of course they did. And I mean, was that a factor? Probably. But I mean, and he's talked before the game about how he didn't care that much if he won it. He's wanted to prove that it, you can be things and continue to do what you love. And I mean, he's was uh, tops in the league and RBIs for a long time. He's a really good baseball player, really, really and good. his story is awesome. And if you don't know anything about Trey Mancini, 
Go read about him. He's, he's, he's fantastic. Saw, saw an interview with him, and he said that uh, he, he took the time out like a minute 20 in or something really early. He's like, that obviously wasn't in the plan, but I had to catch, like, I had to catch my breath. Uh, as fast as I was going, really cool story about Mancini outside of his overall beating, I mean, stage four cancer. Three. Stage three cancer, I apologize. Stage three cancer. And, and then being back, not just back playing, but being highly successful. Yeah, highly productive. Uh, he probably should have been in the All-Star game as far as I'm concerned. His numbers were there. But a really cool story, when he played, at, I believe, at Notre Dame, when he played there, uh, he told his coach, as the guy who threw batting practice every day to him, hey, if I ever am in a home run derby, uh, I want you to throw he it said me. It was like a joking thing. Right. Like, I've said that to my coaches before. Right. Where it's like, oh, if I'm in the All-Star game, you'll go. Uh-huh. But, like, you don't think it's going to happen. So so he said he called him once he found out he was in it. And he was on a recruiting trip in Alabama. I think he said Alabama. And he called him and he's like, hey, what's going on? He's like, I'm in the All-Star Derby. Do you want to throw for me? And he said his reaction. I mean, I couldn't even imagine, right? It's incredible. And, and I even said with, to my buddies and, and then my wife, who was, we were sitting there watching, to me the hardest job is the guy throwing batting practice. It's the like, most nerve-wracking no job, not the hardest job. Well, right, uh, agreed. That's fair. But, I mean, you have to be spot on. And Alonzo's guy was spot on the entire night. Well, I mean, I mean, they'd both been there. Right. But he was throwing straight into his barrel. Yep. And Mancini's guy was pretty good, too. He was hitting that low and in to Mancini, and it was just effortlessly scooping it over. Absolutely. Field. And, I mean, yeah, he said the guy got a little teary-eyed. Obviously, I mean, this um, A.J. Hawk was the one they interviewed. Yeah. Uh, on the Pat McAfee show, interviewed Yeah, Mancini. shout out to A.J. Hawk. Obviously a great interview and right. a great show, but... I mean, that was a really cool interview. Trey Mancini isn't a guy that you hear talk too much. Like, I almost was surprised at what his voice sounded like. Right. But, right. I mean, he's... He, and also, his nickname's Boom Boom. Boom Boom, is, right. Which is just awesome. He did say a lot of the guys call him Boomer, which yeah. I think is fantastic. I, I do so grow up. I don't know if they can Boomer. be Boom Boom anymore. Right. But. Uh, he did, they did ask him, hey, are you interested in doing this again? And he said, absolutely, but on, that I, I'd like to do it if I'm picked to be in the All-Star game. Which I completely understand. I yeah. think that's a valid, valid point. Um... Okay, let's just go through it, right? Round one, fantastic. Mancini hits 24, beats Matt Olson, right? That was awesome. And, and Matt Olson put on a show. I, for those of you who don't know, Matt Olson leads all first basemen in home runs since 2017. All MLB. That, again, a guy who plays out west that nobody seems to know about. He just rakes every in a, day. In a very unfriendly to hitters stadium. Right. No Coliseum. You have to get that ball way up there to get it out. Always in the tops and average home run distance, too. I mean... He doesn't get cheated on his home runs. They go very far. Round two, my guy Joey, or round, I'm sorry, also round one, uh, second matchup, Joey Gallo was my pick. It took him a little bit to get going, and I thought once he got going, he was going to hit maybe 30. And then he just kind of lost it. So it was pretty cool to see the hometown guy, Trevor Story, well, he, beat him. Yeah, he would have had it tied, but he like celebrated that he tied it. Yeah. Ended up hooking foul. Yep. Maybe it was rigged, Trevor Story. <laughs> so, Trevor Story, I mean, I mean, he looks small, so you don't think he can beat a guy that's 6'7", like Joey Gallo. But Trevor Story has some of the most insane pop in all yeah. of baseball. Yeah, it was cool to the see. The ball and just that, flies off of his And mat. to see the ovation he got. He had won 5-16 in the first right. round. Right, yeah. That is, that is insane. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, the next one, Salvador Perez put on a show. Poor guy. 28 home runs. He got cheated. Got, he did, and we're going to talk about that in a second, too. Pete Alonso hits 30. I mean, come on. Pete Alonso, um, and, and, it's, and he's out there dancing. He's having a blast. I I've become, over the last two years, a massive Pete Alonso fan. I know a lot of people give him crap about what he does on the field right now that he's not producing as well. I just love the way he plays the game. I love that he enjoys it. He he has fun. It's almost a WWE sort of feel with him. He's obviously, I mean, he's an awesome dude. Right. And I've been critical of him, as you've heard. I think a lot of people after his rookie year were quick to call him the best first baseman in baseball. 
But he, I mean, I thought that after that round, I was, I didn't see anybody beating him. Obviously, I was waiting to see what Otani did. But I did 35, and it was like, like he just, it wasn't even close. Like, no one was even oh, close to him. No. Like, he could have, even in his last round, like, he could just could have kept going. Um, he, then Soto and Otani, I mean, everybody sees Otani. He's hitting lasers, line drives down the right field line. He takes a little break, then he starts getting, calls Mike Trout. Mike Trout gives him some words of awesome. wisdom. He starts hitting bombs, all right? That's a good guy uh, to call. He ends up with 28, but Juan Soto. What a what a job! I I, I was I was shocked that Juan Soto was going to be in the home run derby just because his swing to me didn't play as well in, in the home run derby. Obviously, I was wrong. Thirty one home runs he puts on a show to advance to beat Otani. I, I mean, it was set up for Otani to win, but when it sometimes we know when it's set up that makes it hard. I think I told you that I believed that Juan Soto was a sleeper pick. I mean, his swing is so level, and in the in the timer, like obviously in the ten, the old ten out form um, of the home run derby, it doesn't really matter how you hit the homers; it's just get him out. He hits low liners, farthest home run of the day, five hundred twenty feet. Right. I don't know how a human can hit a baseball that far, <laughs> but I mean, his swing is so effortless power, like it's effortless power, and that's why I mean, Otani puts everything into it. Yeah. He said he was absolutely. Gassed. He well, you could tell. You could tell he was absolutely I mean, gas. He, and I'm sure that like the expectation, like he knows that he's not. He knows everybody is there to see him, and he knows. Well, I think that's true. That's every game he plays in nowadays. Right. Every he can go play the Tigers tomorrow and be pitching, and it's going to be sold out. Yeah. Because they know they're witnessing history that might never be repeated again, even by him. But I I don't know how much that affected him. I think he did get a little excited. But, I mean, he, he put on a show. And he goes to double overtime. The Soto, Otani goes to double overtime, do the home runoff. Soto hits three. Otani, done. So that was that was pretty cool to Which, see. Which, that was kind of a crappy way to end it. I was hoping he was going to hit two, at least, to make it interesting. <laughs> Me too. But, um, yeah. Second round, obviously, Mancini goes off. He beats only Trevor. Or neither one went off. Off He, he beats him 13-12. to 12. Alonso beats Soto 16-15. to 15. So both really close matchups. We get to the final, and Pete Alonso beats Mancini at the end. But what's he need? Six to, or he's got six left, and he hits six. Like, right, gone all. One, two, three, four, five, six, like nothing. And that, I'm almost going to give all the credit on that one to the BP pitcher. Every pitcher's in the same spot. High and high yep. in the end. That's what I was saying and earlier. He was just that destroying guy, them. That guy was like they spot weren't, on. They were, I mean, the cameras couldn't even keep up with them because they were going so fast. And so far, like the, you, I didn't see where one ball landed when he hit it because he was hitting them so rapidly and just moonshots. Yeah, so it was fun. It, it was he's fun. built for the derby. Here is my here is my my criticism of the derby, um, and I understand why they went. And even Mancini said he liked the time, but he thinks you need to maybe change that up a little bit. What I hate is you've got this production, and no one can see where the ball lands. We don't know how far it is. Right, they're hitting. And then the camera's following, oh, it's, we know it's gone. But then we don't see where it lands. It's some of the in Coors Field, of all places, where balls are going to spots that we've never seen before. I, the fans should see that. There were also a lot of balls that I thought were home runs, and then the number one would go up. Right. And I was like, I don't know where it landed. That I bad. thought he had way more home runs than he Real, had. First, my, my first suggestion for that is let's bring the, let's bring the home run derby to MLB Network. Uh, ESPN's coverage was not... It's it's not good. It's the just people not covering good. it, the commentators were pretty good. Yeah, it's just not good. I, I'd like to see MLB. I want to see 
let, hey, let's get let's get Sean Casey on there, Greg and let's get Greg Amsinger, and let's get DeRosa and Jim Tomei. Jim Tomei, right? Let's Me. get those guys on there. And I mean, I don't. I'm sorry, no, no offense, ESPN, but your baseball coverage is garbage. MLB Network should have the home run derby. And let's go back to if, if we don't want to do the outs, then wait till the ball lands. But I want to see where it lands. I want to see. We need a ticker. How far did it go? That those are things that as fans, especially as kids. That's, I mean, that's what you're going to drink. Imagine watching a dunk contest at the NBA, and we don't see them dunk. We just see them go up in the air, and right. then we, oh, well, we know he made it. We just didn't get to see yeah. it, right? Yeah, I, I didn't have too much of a problem with it. I did want to see where they were landing, but I, I, there was a version of the ESPN where you could see the launch angle and the exit below. Yeah, that's fine. Which I was mean, cool. We watched that for a it little is. bit. I was over at my friend's house. But I just enjoy watching those people. I like watching their swings almost just as much as where the ball goes. Because the, the repetitiveness of the of the swings that they take is so impressive to me. Because they just they, it's the same swing over and over. Right. And that's why they're so good, obviously. Yep. I just want to see where they land, and I want to know how far they go. Even yeah. we know distances aren't always right. I still want to know that. I think that's something that you have to have in a home run derby. All right. So then, then obviously you have the next night. Uh, you have the, the the red carpet gal. I didn't watch that. I did. I always yeah. Did. Uh, it's always cool to see. I mean, obviously I saw the pictures of Freddie Freeman's kid Charlie. That I think he stole the show. Charlie has become the like hot hot. Who looks like exactly like Freddie Freeman? Most certainly. Like, the ears, the eyes. It, most certainly. It's Freddie Freeman's most child. Most certainly. Most certainly. So you know they all bring their swag out. I think it's a really cool thing that they've done there. I think it's cool for the announcers. I think that's a really really cool thing. Uh, then you have the All Star Game. My favorite part of the All-Star Game is the announcement. The yeah. announce. I got to watch that. Uh, your mom and I were getting ready to go out. She was getting ready. I got to watch that. Uh, that's my favorite part is yeah. to watch them be announced. Um, but let's talk just a little bit about the All-Star Game. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Shout out to Vladdy, right? Vladdy Jr., that's awesome. Hey. Third father-son duo to win an All-Star Game. Third? Third, yeah. So we've got, um, we've got the Griffies, mm-hmm. right? Oh, no, sorry. Third to hit a home run. Oh, okay. I apologize. Third to hit Did a Griffey home run. Griffey Sr. hit a home run all Griffey game? Sr., Griffey Jr., Bonds Sr., Bonds Jr., and now you've got the Guerreros. Yeah. Um, I, you know, so I think that's really, really cool that he won it. Another guy that I absolutely love to watch play. As far as the game goes, American League wins. I, I, I mean, I honestly thought the, the National League roster might be a little stronger, but it doesn't. It just doesn't matter. The American League just seems to have the National League's number, and once again, they come out victorious. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not too big of a care what the results are of the game. Obviously, if I had to pick a league, I'm going to root for the National League because we're Cardinal fans. But I just want to see all the players play their best. Right. That's all I care about. I'm there to watch the players. The players don't care who wins the game. Oh. Like, yeah, they agreed. just all want to go out there and put on a show for the fans. And I thought they did a really good job. A lot of homers. Yes, right. Which, it, I mean, Coors yeah, Field is what you expect. A uh, scoring game. Did but. see that the 12 hardest balls hit in the All-Star game were all from guys from the AL East. Obviously, you had Zunino's home run. You had Vladdy's home run. Um, Devers had a big hit. Vladdy hit that ball from the middle, though. Yes, killed Max correct. Scherzer. Gave so. him a hug, and I, I didn't know how Scherzer was going to react. <laughs> I didn't, he, he yeah. smiled. He did. We he saw did. Scherzer smile in the pitching appearance. Okay, a couple things that I'd like to see. Just This is just a little tidbit. We've got to go back to the, the unis. They have to. I mean, I'm sorry. It, I'm a, as a diehard Cardinal fan, but also a baseball fan. I want to see the unis on display. Those uniforms are cool. If you want to wear those in the home run derby, if you want to wear those in batting practice, hey, I think they were they were fine, right? I think I actually kind of like yeah, them. The National League ones were cool. Right. American League ones look like pajamas. They did, 
and let, let's go back. We have to have the Cardinal Whites if you're at home. We need next year if we're in an American. No, next year with Dodger Stadium, you have to have the Dodger Whites and Blues. I mean, we need to go back to that. If you're an Orioles fan, I want to see Cedric Mullen in my hometown jersey. Yeah, and obviously Nolan Arenado. We wanted to see him repping the Cardinal, the Cardinal Whites for his first right. game as a Cardinal. And also, we know that they make changes, and the managers I think do a fantastic job in All Star games, and they make changes. Um, sometimes it's hard to keep up with who's out there. We don't, you know, who is that? They're all that. that we got to get rid of that. Manford, come on, let's get rid of that and let's go back to to what we, what yeah, we used I think, to do. I, I didn't I, understand that. I don't know if all. the players liked it. I'm gonna assume no. I think they like the pride of repping their team at the All Star game. I do too. I do and also, too. I mean, Rockies fans probably wanted to see Trevor Story. Absolutely. Maybe the last time they're gonna see him in a big moment in the yep. Rockies jersey. That's just, I mean, that's what I grew up with. It's so cool. Those are the team photos when you can be, oh, there's, there's yeah. the Cardinal yep. jersey. I, not, not all, just the, no. the National League jerseys. No. I did like the National League jerseys, though. Yeah, I mean, I think they were cool. But, again, let's do those for the home run derby. Or let's do them for the batting practice or whatever. I'm okay with that. But we need to see those. Let's let's go back to that. That has to change. That's There was no reason for that, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, it was not a necessary change that wasn't, like, a positive. Yeah, I don't understand. Somebody got paid a lot of money on that decision, yeah. I believe. Nike. Nike made a lot Remember of money. Remember made the jerseys. Nike made a lot of money on that. Um, so, yeah, again, love the All-Star game. I did see that. This All Star game, and I'm not going to say it was just because of Otani. I think you've got a lot of young, a lot of young guys in baseball right now that are bringing a lot of attention to the game. That maybe probably more than ever, but blew the doors off. And I'm an NBA All Star fan, but they blew the, the ratings way, blew out the NBA. And obviously nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. I don't even know why they have a Pro Bowl. Yeah, I think one of the main reasons it was so good. Different players mic'd up every inning. Yeah. We saw Nolan got interviewed before the game. He obviously got a huge ovation. Yeah, that was really that. cool. That was awesome. I mean, seeing Fernando Tatis Jr., obviously him and Vladdy are very close. I, I, I believe him, Vladdy, and Juan Soto are all pretty close. Um, Vladdy, I mean, Tatis was mic'd up for Vladdy's home run, which yeah. I don't think has landed yet. But that was, <laughs> that was pretty cool to see him be able to like have the interaction with Vladdy while he's running around the bases. I, I mean, it's, the best, it's always been the best All-Star game. In, Agreed. In the world. It always Agreed. Is. I do think it needs to be at the end of the season. I don't. I because love it. I, I don't. Love it. Either it can be at the midseason, which is cool, but then you can't give that title to people. Like, this guy's a Hall of Famer because he has X amount oh, of yeah, That's a different entrances. argument. Agreed. But I don't I, like that. I will tell you that every player loves the break, even if they're playing in the All-Star game. Yeah, that's true. It needs to be in the middle. If you play it at the end, it's going to end up like the NFL Pro Bowl. And nobody's going to go. That's and you're true. not going to. And then what are you going to play it in November? Yeah, that's true. So let's go ahead and keep it where it is. Because, I mean, I, if, I'm, if I'm a manager and my guy just went through the playoffs, I don't want my guy pitching in the All-Star game. Yeah. Let's keep it in the middle like it is in July. That's where it should be. Next year in L.A., uh, Caleb really wants to go. So maybe if he can get Tyler O'Neill on here, I, I, I'm, I'm making the pick that snub. Tyler's going to be on. He was a snub this snub. year. He's going to be an all-star next year. So maybe you know we can get him on. He can be our AJ Hawk. I mean, I, I would love to just talk to Tyler O'Neill. He, I mean, yeah, that's a dream. Right. So, so hopefully you guys out there enjoyed your all-star break, uh, your break from baseball. It was nice. We're going to talk a little bit about the NHL and the NBA in our next section. Uh, one, we do want to just have we have one more set, uh, one more thing we want to go through here. We're going to go through our first half award winners as we start the second half, um, and I want to go through that with you. As also, I bet that we're very close on the same page. Uh, it's not very. It didn't seem very difficult. There to aren't make a lot of tight races, and there are a couple that are controversial. Whether or not you want a pitcher winning MVP right. or whatever it is, but. 
There, there weren't many that I really had to think too hard on. Well, let, let's start. Let's start kind of lower, and we'll work our way up to the top. All right. Um, if we were to start with reliever of the year, obviously last year Devin Williams, a Hazelwood West grad, awesome former student of mine, great guy. Really happy to see that. So, who, who do you have this year, right now, as it sits, July? Yep, fifth, seventeenth. Right. What is your my American team. reliever of the year. He won it last year. Liam Hendricks. Okay. He he's awesome. He I mean you got you gotta have a three run or less lead. The game's over when he comes into the game as far as I'm concerned. And then he throws a knuckleball in the all star game. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and also dropping F bombs in the all star <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. Not knowing he was mic'd up on he knew he was mic'd up but then now they were broadcasting yeah. it live. Uh, no, mine too. Mine too is Liam Hendricks. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean he's Australian too. Great story. Yeah. If you have time to go check out his story. Really cool story from him. Then was a failed starter and came yep. back. He's all he's awesome. Yep. And once again, Alex, the A's making a star out of somebody. Yeah, I mean they they do it out with the Lakers. Blake China the same way. Yep. National League and Alex Reyes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you want the hometown um, pride. Hasn't blown a save all year. The only reliever ever to start off a career 24 and 20. Reyes said it today. And he was 22 and 22. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know what else he could do. Lower ERA. Josh Hader was the only one that rivaled him for me. And he had a lower ERA by a tick and hasn't blown a save, so I went with Alex Reyes. And I have no problem with that. I went with Mark Melanson uh, in San Diego, really resurrected his career. I, Atlanta's probably thinking, what were we doing? Uh, in my opinion, San Diego, the best team in baseball, right? Uh, in my opinion, I think they are. He just, has blown a save, he, though. He has. He has. He does have 27 saves, um, leads the major leagues in saves. So th- he was mine, but, I, I mean, hey, Alex Reyes, I, I believe Alex Reyes will be in the rotation next year. I know that's what he wants, but right now he is an elite closer. He might give you anxiety when he throws, just like Izzy used to do, but at the end of the day, just like Izzy, he gets the job he done. He gets the job done. He, he actually talked about talking to Izzy today and how they're, they're been pretty close. Him. But also, I mean, imagine how many saves Alex Reyes would have if, June wasn't one of the worst months Agreed. ever. Agreed. So. He, he might have 30. He, yeah, You're right. Probably more You're right. That. So he's my reliever of the year. He can't control when he gets a save opportunity. No, that's... But when he gets it, he gets it done every yep. time. Yep. Yep. Hey, I can't argue against that. Uh, if we're doing uh, comeback player of the year, uh, obviously, in my opinion, Disney can make a movie about him in the American League. It's Trey Mancini. Yeah. I, I, he, knock on wood, I don't know what he does from here on out as far as I hope he puts up great numbers. But even if he doesn't, he still wins it hands he, down he right will. away. He will. He's just a pure hitter. Oh, I agree. I mean, obviously, that's my pick, too. There's not, as far as I'm concerned, there's not even an argument for another pick. He went through being able to, and came back fast. Like, it, it was a year. Right. And from when we heard, the, obviously, the devastating news of his um, diagnosis to now being in the home run derby. And like I said earlier, not only did he beat it, shout out to that, but he's playing baseball. Great. He's playing at an elite level. The, to be able to um, keep the strength he's carrying. And the mental. The, the mental grind of the game. You know, we, we yeah. all hear that. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, and then, actually, who do you have? I have Buster Posey, actually. Absolutely. I also could get not for that one. Yeah. But Buster Posey, I mean, he that giant scene we've been watching the last couple of days, the offense isn't isn't the same when he's not in it. No. Just pure and simple. And I kind of thought his career was over. I thought this would be his last year. I'm not so sure now, obviously. I mean, he's been all-star game starter. Sucks he's going to play in it. But. Well, yeah, really, I mean, last year took the year off because of COVID. They, they adopted his, the Twins. Yeah. Um, and then he, uh, you know, you think about that, a catcher to take two years off probably helps your knees a little bit. He has an, almost a 970 OPS. Yeah. And that team, you know, we, we talk about it. I don't, I don't, we don't get it. No one gets it. But they get the job done. And they, yeah. they just bring guys. Gabe, we'll talk about that here in a second, but they just bring guys in that, that are good. Uh-huh. 
I mean, and Buster Posey, I mean, he, obviously the leg injury that derailed his career cut of, I mean, three-time World Series champion, so he's obviously a very accomplished Major League Baseball player. And you tell me three years ago I'm going to be calling him a comeback player of the year. I'll be like, well, he's just right. Buster Posey. But I had a couple years where the power numbers were awful. Even when he was down 300, he was hitting three, four, five home runs. And he's him and Longo um, found the found of youth this year. Someone over there is doing it right. I don't know who it is. They are. But they've got someone over there selling out. Well, they got the former Cardinal coach over there, Ecker, right? So yeah, they're hitting coach. <laughs> I mean, who it is? I don't know. Um, all right, let's go manager of the year for me, and then actually gets Gabe Kapler. Yeah. Right now, uh, you know, Philly cast him away after we'll see there one, maybe two years. And the Giants, I know a lot of people in San Francisco very critical on Twitter when they hired when they hired Gabe Kapler. And you know, last year's not a fair representation with COVID. And this year, year and actually last year they only missed the playoffs by one yeah. game without half their guys. And talking about tough shoes to fill. I mean, imagine being a manager that just got fired, and now they say, okay, now you're gonna come in and you're gonna be the guy after Bruce Bochy, right? A Hall right. of Fame manager. Hall of Fame manager. And he's he's been titles. awesome. I mean, we've watched now six games in the last two weeks because they've been playing the Cardinals, and he's taken a Kevin Cash-esque approach to it. He has good relievers in the back end, good starting pitching, and he's got righties and lefties that hit the opposite-handed pitching really well, and a couple guys in there have hit both, and it's been a pretty good... And after being at the game Friday, and then, like you said, watching the last six games, they all look the same to me. They're all the same guy. Like Mike Talkman, uh, Corey Dickerson, or you know, they're all the Austin same. Slater. They're all the same guy. Aside from, aside from Brandon Crawford and Mikey Shrewsbury, right. who are kind and of he's having, having a bad year. Uh, he's been he didn't have a bad right. series this series, right. but no, he's a good player. Um, the only the only arguments there and in, in uh, is maybe Craig Council what he's doing in Milwaukee. I think is really really good, but but to me right now right now it's Kapler. But if you were to, if you were to tell me that. The Brewers were in first place at this point. I wouldn't have been shocked. Right. But if you told me the Giants were right. in first place, I would have laughed yeah, at that, you. That's agreed. So I don't think. I mean, Craig Hobbs is a, obviously a, an incredible manager. I don't take anything away from him, but I mean, he's in a lesser division. The two best teams, arguably the two best teams in baseball, are both behind the right. Giants right now. Right. So. All right. So who do you have in the American League? Alex Cora. Same. I hate it. <laughs> I don't. I don't like him at all. I'm going to say it here now. I can't stand him. He cheated two World Series in a row, as far as I'm concerned. And But there's something about him. I mean, he comes back, and they're good again. And so, his players love him. I mean, there's a lot like David Freeze. I saw him tweet this other day. He said, say what you want about Alex Cora, but there's no, you can't deny the fact that he has a very positive impact on the culture and the play in the clubhouse. I don't like the guy, but he's good at what he does. Right. Yep. I, same. Um, the only person I think you can put right there with him is Dusty Baker, another guy that I am not a big fan of. Uh, however, Houston playing as well as anybody, right? And and that dealing with everything they have dealt with injuries, in that clubhouse, too. injuries, but then also the scandal. George Springer leaving. COVID year. George Springer. I mean, Justin Verlander's not there. I mean, you have all of this stuff, and his team is as the best team in the AL. As far as I'm concerned, they were set up for failure this year. I mean, they're they have to be the most resilient team in baseball. They've kind of taken on that FU mentality. They, they definitely of, have. Fine, you can hate us, but we're still going to. Yeah. And one of the most exciting games of the year, right before the All Star game, year, right game Altuve just three run pimp job to end yep. it. I mean, and they all say screw the All Star game. We're not coming. Right. Oh, I didn't like that too much, but me neither. But they kind of they were almost they kind of shied away from facing the music. Yeah. Years. But I, I mean, I like watching them honestly. A lot of players that I grew up loving that kind of tarnished their own name. I'm glad they're playing well because I didn't want to see those guys become two twenty hitters right. and that 2017 World Series be completely like this wasn't earned even a little bit. 
Yep, agreed. Uh, rookie of the year, again, last year was Devin, which was really, really cool. In the National League, who do you have? Trevor Rogers. Same. <laughs> like I said, I didn't think it was going to be very difficult here, but same. He's, I mean, yeah, I mean. 7-4 with a 2.3 ERA. Uh, I told you before the year I liked his with. stuff, picked him up yeah. on my fantasy team. You did? He's been a savior. The Kraken. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's awesome. He's, right. He's everything that Miami team is wants from him. And when they get a couple more bats in this free agent offseason, which I think they will, that top They're three, that top four top. rotation is as filthy as yeah. it is in baseball. Yeah, you get Sixto Sanchez healthy. Obviously, he had another Sorry, top back. five then. But, yeah, Alcantara, right. I mean, Pablo Lopez is really good. Right, he went on the Trevor Rogers today, is yeah. really good. Yep. I mean, and who knows who else they'll have. But yeah, the, they, people call them the Fisher's arms. Yep. That's kind of what they are. Imagine if they had uh, Jose Fernandez on this team. That, I don't know about that. <laughs> right. It's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm also there with Trevor Rogers. The only two people that you can even put in the argument, Jonathan India is having a great year in Cincinnati. Yes. Obviously here in town, Dylan Carlson is really struggling right now. But you, you put him right there. And Zach McKinstry, you can mention yeah, him too. Yeah, true, true. Picked up LA. a lot of slack from yeah. guys who either aren't performing or have been hurt. And he's, he's been really good for them. And, and obviously, the biggest scene in baseball will be in L.A. Right. And he's he's performed really well. They, that's so. what the Dodgers do. They Gavin bring him up, they bring him up, and they just keep performing. Yep. Uh, in the American League, I got Adolis Garcia, yep. right, former Cardinal. We just DFA'd him for like a few hundred thousand dollars. Evidently, we did not need him in the middle of our lineup. Uh, 22 home runs, eight or 62 RBIs, 832 OPS right now, while with eight stolen bases. As, as much as I wanted to put the Yerminator... And the best biceps in baseball. Oh, he's huge. As much as I wanted to put the Yerminator on this list, you mean Mercedes, I'm in the minor well, right now. He's the minor. Um, Tony LaRissa ruined his career, thanks, yeah. Tony. He did. He but, did. Um, yeah, Adonis Garcia, all-star. Kind of want to see him in the home run derby, but... Yeah, Same. I, mean, I did, he's, too. He's, he's, he's turned into a really solid player. Yeah. I don't think he's a center fielder moving forward. He's more of a left-right field type guy. He's very athletic, me. but, yeah. But, um... I mean, well, if they trade Gallo, he probably a, moves to right. And, he's a really good hitter. So. Yeah, right. Good year for him. Um, the only guy, obviously, at Kiel Badu is having a really good year. Yeah. Detroit had another big triple today. I saw, or yesterday, I guess it was yesterday, yeah. in the doubleheader. Cole Irvin having a good year for the A's. Luis Garcia, the pitcher for the Astros. But right now, to me, it's a Dolores Garcia yeah. to lose. Okay. I, mean, yeah. I figured we'd be on the same uh, wavelength here. Cy Young Award. I mean, I don't even know if we need to talk about the National League. I, I mean, we might, about, No, we haven't talked about him yet, so we need to. We might be witnessing the, great, the greatest. The most dominant pitcher since Bob Gibson. Since Bob Gibson. And, in fact, he has a, sh- a chance right now with his 1.08. I think Gibson's was 1.31, 1.32. 1.11. No, it was... His high. lowest ever was 1.11. Okay. All right. I thought it was 1.3 something. Yes, that's the right. record. The Browns chasing it. He's got... I mean, he's... Okay. I mean, they, it's the gramination, as we yeah. call it. Yeah. And he's... I mean, I've seen a lot of guys, Yellow had an interview the other day, saying he knows it's going to be 101 on the black and he can't touch it. Right. So, 1.12. 1. 1. 1. Yeah, sorry. good, good. No, my apologies. But Bob Gibson, I mean, obviously Bob Gibson, we know what he's been. Rest in peace, Bob. But yeah, and here in St. Louis. I would love to see DeGrom beat that record, a record no one ever thought would be beaten. And he might single-handedly make the mound get moved, moved back right. six inches. Yep. So, as far as I'm concerned, he's... 146 strikeouts in 92 innings and a .552 whip. He is a fantasy ownership. Now, he is hurt right now. He went back on the IL today. Uh, so hopefully he's okay. At four, that's that doggone forearm again. When you throw 95-mile-an-hour sliders, I've got your arm hurts. Yeah. For those of you who may not know how good a .55 whip is, that means out of every two innings, he allows one base runner. Right. Right. And so he if he throws nine, he only allows four and a half base runners. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's two base hits in one inning, and it just goes out. Yeah. I don't know how much. Yeah. It just, he's... He's on another level. Yeah. He's from 
Jupiter, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Uh, and he's, he's fun to watch from Stetson University. Pretty and awesome. it wasn't from the sticky stuff, because no. he's the same pitcher. Uh, the American League, I think we have a really good discussion here. Who'd you go with? Lance Lynn. Oh, right. I love it. My, one of my all-time favorite pitchers from the, from the Cardinals. I was one of the few when he was here. I just read an article earlier today on one of the sites that I'm on about how Lynn's he just signed a, a, a big deal. Two years, 38 yep. million. Good for him. Absolutely. I mean, he Shout has earned every bit of that money. Absolutely. Hasn't gotten the big contract he's deserved. And, I mean, just shoves it up everyone's ass. I, I, I never could understand why a guy who threw was an innings eater here was great, and we just let him go. There's four I mean, different fastballs. Just hit it, and no one can. Yep. I can't really figure it out, but I think it's something to do with his confidence. His He's, he's just he's one he of my favorite, a Mississippi dude. He's one of my favorite pitchers to watch in baseball. Same. Also helped us win a World Series in 2011. Same. Uh, I mean, right now he's 9-3 with a 1.98 ERA, uh, 105 strikeouts and 90 innings, and a 1.04 whip. I mean, that's... Uh, uh, again, I, I bet I was getting to the article I read was, it's again, seeing Lance Lynn be so successful as he has been since he's left here. Another question upon our, what are we evaluating here in St. Louis? But well, I mean, he, he had a couple of tough years when he left. Get one. Some, some, in Minnesota, he was he had a rough year. Uh, he was uh, what we thought was an aging pitcher, obviously now six I years later. I think we would say it was an adjustment to a new league. And he's looking back. And to be I'm honestly, it's really impressive to me that he's gone to the American League and been better in that league than the National right. League. He figured something out, and I'm happy for him. He's been awesome. The, the argument there to, to go with him is, is Garrett Cole. Right now, the, the all the conspiracy around Garrett Cole, but he is 10-4 and four with a 2.6 DRA and a .94 whip. Right now, my pick is also Lance Lynn, but Garrett Cole, because I, I'm gonna, with him being New York, is going to get a lot of traffic. Garrett Cole's not even my second pick. <laughs> Carlos Rodon's having a better year than Garrett Cole. No hitter. Almost, uh, um, if Christian Vasquez had a smaller toe, he would have had a perfect game. And he strikes out the world. Garrett Cole has been uh, Garrett mediocre Cole, pitchers. 158 strikeouts. Since the crackdown, he, that Astros outing was good to he see. Was, he was really good last game. But yes. before that, he was not. He wasn't Garrett Cole. Right. And what are we getting? Are we going to get Tyrus Garrett Cole, where it was he has the flashes of greatness, but it's not as consistent, or is he going to be Yankees' $300 million Garrett Cole? That remains to be seen. Obviously, he's really good, but... He, I couldn't give it to him. Yep. Neither of those two guys have had nearly the as bad of outings as he has. They've just been consistently good. Maybe not had as good of outings as he has had. Other than Rodon's no hitter, but they haven't had really any blow ups. The, the thing there. with Cole and Lynn, also, and, and Rodon, that, I mean, the White Sox Park is a hitter's ballpark, as is we know Yankee Stadium. So to have these years, but I, I'm on board with Lance Lynn. All right, let's go to obviously the sexy award, and that's the MVP. Let's start in the National League. I, I mean, I'm assuming you have the same exact dude that everyone has. I'm mean, Fernando Tatis Jr. The best player in baseball. He's not the best player in baseball. <laughs> Mike Trout's the best player to ever live. That's okay, though. Um, let's not forget that he was betting 400 for the first month and a half of the season. But Fernando Tatis Jr. is the most exciting player in Absolutely. baseball. Absolutely. By a long shot. Maybe other than Shohei. But, I mean, he has the most effortless power. Went four for five today. He doesn't struggle. Saved a bunch of humans last night. Awesome. Him and Machado. Him. I mean, I mean, that's one of the core stories. He said they may not. They, my family wasn't here, but they're all family because a lot of more players are family. He also, and then he also he grabbed them. He said they're people. Uh, I and mean, obviously, Jace Tingler's interview was really cool. Yeah. He was, he was in tears. Just, Big Jace Tingler fan. I, I wasn't last year a little bit, but I mean, yeah. he's redeemed himself this year. 
That team's just, I mean, I want right. to see them win a World Series. I mean, Ted Tees, 28 jacks, 62 RBIs, a 1.036 OPS. He's hitting 300, plus he's got 22 bags. He's probably, I mean, if he stays healthy, which we all hope he does. 40-40 guy. 40-40 guy. Not to mention, he tagged up from third base on a <laughs> on a slide-up second. On a slide-up to shortstop. Second. For, it was shortstop, Trey Turner caught it. I, he also did one to second against the Pirates. I did show that. Oh, I well, the one yesterday was against the Pirates. Oh, oh, he did it yesterday again. Yeah, he's done okay. it multiple times. Yeah. But, I mean, his defense does need to improve a little bit. He has all the talent in the world there, though. Right. And not to mention, he started off playing like 100 for the first two weeks. Yep. He had that shoulder injury. He's gotten past it. Uh, my suggestion, I told you this, too, and this is to all you guys listening. Uh, if you get a chance, watch the making of El Nino. Uh, so it's, about, it's about an hour. It's about him, and, and then obviously with his dad in there as, as a former Cardinal, but also just a great, it's a fantastic doc. It's on MLB Network. Very well done, as obviously it would, will be. But it's really cool to watch. I learned quite a bit about him and became an even bigger fan after watching that. Yeah, obviously just got the jersey. My girlfriend bought me. But, I mean, there. He, he's... He's something I haven't seen, and no one's really seen since A-Rod. And I didn't get to see the prime years of A-Rod at shortstop, and I don't think Tatis is on the juice. So right, he, he's on the road to being the best offensive shortstop maybe ever if he continues at this pace, which is hard to do, obviously. My, my but, comparison for Fernando Tatis is King Griffey Jr. Wore his hat back, had the big smile, played the game like every kid. Like He, was, he played the game like he was 12 every yeah. day. And I think Tatis does that. He's, he has fun. He's dancing. He's doing the bat flips. He's running. You know, he does the thing at third base. He loves everybody that he's playing against. He doesn't show up anybody. You know, I, he is, to me, that he is the closest thing I've seen to Ken Griffey Jr. Just the way he approaches the, the game. The moments he has in baseball are the moments every kid dreams about having mm-hmm. in baseball. And to see someone be able to live it out, it's, it's awesome. Yep. I'm really Big happy fan. for him. Big fan. He's, he's, All right. Before we before we take a break here in the American League, you got, I mean, I, do you have Otani? It's Shohei Otani. Right. Agreed. Um, Agreed. He's the most talented. I told my dad this two years ago. He thought I was stupid. <laughs> he's the most talented player to ever live. Talent, pure talent-wise, no one holds a, even a candle to what this guy can do. Obviously, I'm not saying he's you the best. You have not seen Mason win. I'm not, saying, okay, I'm not saying he's the greatest player to ever live. Greatest comes with accomplishments. Right. But he damn sure might be the best. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I mean, you're talking about a guy with 33 jacks, 72 RBIs, uh, 1.035 OPS, 12 bags. But then, hey, let's go ahead and throw in the fact that he throws 101, and he's 4-1 and one with a 3.39 ERA. Oh, and he has... Um, 97 strikeouts and 67. Oh, and he's on pace to hit 60 jacks. Yeah, just out, just right. right. And he steals bases. Hitting infield single was the first baseman in the day. Yeah. I don't, I don't. He plays on a level that right. no one else can play on. And the attention he's brought to baseball, we won't get, we won't get into Steve no, We're not going to give him credit. But, I mean, not even. Mention. I mean, everyone's Outside talking about this guy. I mean, the most viewed all-star game in the world out of right. in terms of large sports, largely because of him. It was almost Otani weekend, not all-star weekend. Yeah, right. It really felt and like that. He, and and he also it, seems incredibly humble, talks to everybody, and I've never seen so many. Like, Dallas Braden threw a perfect game on the show, and I've never seen anyone like him act like a little kid. Right. And they did when they met him. Yeah. That just shows you the greatness yep. that he is. Love it. I agree. I mean, it's a shame when you look at what Vladdy's doing. Like, he might, now, if he wins the Triple Crown, it's going to be an interesting argument. Like we had with Mickey and Trout a few years ago, because he does have a shot at that triple crown. Um, if he does do that, that's going to be a really interesting argument. But Vladdy Jr. also becoming one of my well, he favorite deserves players. Credit. Yeah, I, I don't like getting pitchers to MVP awards ever. Right. But he's a hitter, too. Yeah. And you can't really say someone's not the most valuable player in baseball when they're elite at every aspect of baseball. Right. And we're, we're on, so we're on the same thing. Uh, guys, we're going to take a little break because we've got to pay the bills here. Um, listen, 
hang on. We've got we're gonna go through. We got some Cardinal talk. We want to hit a little bit, hit a little bit with the Suns and in the Bucks. We have a, a few, a uh, couple other things we want to talk about as far as our second half predictions and what we see coming forward with the team. We also have the trade deadline coming forward. So hang on just a minute. Once again, please give us a follow on Facebook uh, and a like on there. Follow our page. You guys are. We've got. A, we are building our followership a lot. We really appreciate that from you guys. Uh, please give us a rating on on whatever you're listening to us on. We really appreciate that. That helps move us up. Uh, we I, I can't begin to thank all of you for the the response that you've given us. Hopefully, you're enjoying some of what we're saying. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget, give us a follow on Twitter at more underscore noble, and we will be back in just a minute. So take a minute, take a break, and we'll we'll see you in just a second. Welcome back, everybody, to the More You Noble Sports Podcast. Again, once more, time, once more, I am Mike Noble, joined to the left of me with Caleb Noble. Uh, thank you for entertaining us and listening to what we have to say. We, we would love to have you uh, interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. We, we have a few special guests coming up in the next couple episodes that we do, and we're really excited about that. It's always fun to have other people on here with us. Instead of just getting our opinions, it's always great to hear from other people. Mm-hmm. So excited about that. Even though you can't really get better ones, but... Just different ones, at least. That's a really good point. It's a really there are a lot of you out there shaking your heads right now. At least better ones from me. I don't know about him over <laughs> fair, here. Fair, fair, fair. All right, let's talk a little bit about the the Cardinals starting the second half. Obviously, a disappointing first half. Um, ended at eight games out, right? Eight games out, fourth place. Not looking great. However, we have seen this. We've seen we've seen teams overcome this, mm-hmm. and still remaining hopeful. Uh, went into the break with a split with the Cubs, one and one. Yeah, which could have easily been a. A win for us. We had Wayno going, and as you know, Wayno steps up when he needs to step up. Yeah. And that was game three in Wrigley, a big game, but we'll get that later this year. Right, so right. no worries. So we, we kick off Friday night a game like we talked about earlier that we attended, and Wayno, we, we were ready for it, right? Wayno, Wayno came out pretty strong. Yastrzemski hits the home run to give them a one nothing lead. Um, and then the three-run homer by Lamonte Wade. We're still in it, 4-1, to one, right, because we get the um, we get the run. Uh, yeah, we get a what was a gold? No, no, Goldie hit the home run to Goldie make hit it the two. Homer later. Yeah, either it was way, a Tommy Edmund hit a yeah, single. Yeah, Edmund gets the single to, to yeah. drive home the run. But four to one when Wayno comes out, and then in my opinion, and I'm not this isn't hindsight. We were talking about this at the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, some very questionable bullpen moves. Yeah, it seems it's so weird to me. I get wanting to see what you have, and no no offense to what was the lefty's name? T.J. McFarland. T.J. McFarland. Obviously, he's pitched a decent amount in the big leagues. And no offense meant to him. But when you're in a game that's a close game, that is very much so a winnable game. And obviously you saw later on they got the bases loaded. They had chances to get back in that game. And the feeling Harrison Bader had of having hit that grand slam to make it 7-6. to six Right. Is not, it's now hit a single to the middle of game's time. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a big, it's a big difference. But you bring in Cabrera there. You bring in your guys. I understand wanting to know what you have in TJ McFarland. I do. But that's not the time to want to know what you have in him. And you knew, and we, I mean, it's hindsight now uh, saying it, but at the game, I was like, this isn't going to end well. Correct. It just, it just doesn't. Obviously, we have that, that really cool Justin Miller Giants game, but to rely on that to be a thing that happens more than once is ridiculous. And he did come in and give us a good inning at um, that game. So, I mean, I actually like what he's got in the bullpen. Right. But you have to use your guys in games where you're not winning sometimes to keep them close to give you a chance to win. And the guy I want to see come in, I didn't. We didn't need to use Luis Gallegos Gar- and, and uh, or Garcia. Luis Garcia. We didn't. I mean, but we didn't need to use Gallegos or Reyes or anything crazy. Ryan Helsley's a guy. That, I mean, he's shown he showed he's pitched back to back games, been great 
was great in the day, stranded, the bases loaded. But bring him in. I mean, he's a guy. He's given you two innings before. He's he's gonna get get you quality outs. And if and here's my thing: if he were to go out there and get lit up for those three runs, you live with it, right? Because you use your guy, right? But if you go out there and you kind of you don't use your guy, and the game just kind of goes out the and, window, you can't really accept that. And we were sitting by the bullpen, and at one point they had Andrew Miller up with Garcia. And I thought for sure, okay, if they get to the lefty, we're going to Andrew Miller. Right. And the next thing I know, Andrew Miller's sitting down with his jacket on, and T.J. McFarland is up. And we're at a situation, and again, obviously Mike Shield has forgotten more baseball than I have, right? I understand that. Yeah. But, but they're, right, correct. But there are things that, that, as we're sitting there, we're questioning. And the only reason I say that is we are in must, every night is must, is win. must win. Which right? sucks for the bullpen, obviously, because that's, that's high-level situations, and not every inning's built the same. Right. We know that 11-2 inning is not the same as a... Alex Reyes is ninth inning today. Right. But the thing, and I understand that he's forgotten more baseball than I probably know, even though I don't agree with that, but whatever. He, I know what's going to happen. Right. Like, it's not like I say it after it it happens. Yeah. And it happens every time. Right, it does. So it's not like, oh, sometimes this works out. It never, ever works out when he does this. The Tommy Brown Justin Miller was cool. He had to do. He it. had to. Right. Right. This there time, weren't any other options. This time, it, you have everyone rested. It's All Star break. Right. Everyone's had five days off, other than Alex Reyes, who threw fifteen pitches in the All Star game. But it's um, it, I knew what was going to happen before it happened. So that begs the question: Mad Dog, who's a great pitching coach, and Schilt, who's a manager of the year. Um, how do you guys not see what's going to right. happen? And, and, to, and you and I, I told you this like that night. Tony LaRusso, I think his old thing was when he called somebody up, you wanted to get him into the game immediately. And I understand that, but those like teams it. were in first place. And okay? that's not even calling a lot of times. That's a guy that got DFA'd that we picked up from Correct. waivers. And there's a reason that these guys, bullpen pieces are the most valuable thing in baseball nowadays. You saw how the Rays imploded because their bullpen guys got overworked. So if, the more bullpen guys you can have, the better. And when you see a guy who has okay stuff like him, he was throwing 86. I told you they kind of look like Frisbees almost. Right. It was just the writing on the wall was that they were going to at least get one. And at that point in the game, the way our offense has been, you couldn't even afford to give up one. He and, gave up three, the game's over. And we know Garcia throws hard. He does have nasty stuff. He has stuff, good stuff. But there's a reason he was also on the And that's even worse for me. Because if you have good stuff and you're on a team, that says even more to me about you if you have bad stuff and not on a team. Right. Because that means there's something other than your stuff. Isn't, I mean, stuff doesn't play in the big leagues. It just seemed to me that Wayne wasn't great. But he gave you six innings. Like he always he gave does. you a chance to win. It was four to one when he came out. You have a shot to win. He always and gives you a chance to win the game. Ryan Helsley and Andrew Miller rested, fully rested, ready to go. And you go to Garcia and McFarland. Two. And so then Goldie hits the home run in the seventh to make it, uh, it, it seven to two. But it could have been four to two. You know, if you're you know this, you played right. Yeah. You played at a high level, right? And we know that. Four to two feels like we can win this game. Yeah. Seven to two feels like oh, oh my. Because four to like I said that Bader at bat. That's the one I'm going to keep right, going back the to. Bases loaded. It was a bat. It was a really good at bat. Ended really terribly. Right. But he's feeling okay. I have to either move the line or I have to hit a homer here. Right. And he gets that three two fastball, takes it, whatever. But you saw some of the swings earlier in the at bat. There was outside fastball he took because he was looking for something to drive. Yeah. Because he knew. And the odds of you getting stringing multiple hits together two outs not very high. Yep. He has to hit a gap there and get three in. Yeah. He takes that pitch. Maybe if it's four to two, he hit, hits it the other way, single. We saw him do that earlier that game a couple times. He had two S that day. That's a tie game. Yep. It's a big difference in mindset, and we've been talking about this a lot this year. Is the mindset, and I mean, we talk about the offensive struggles, and today they were bad again, but we won two to one. But we talk about them. A seven to two game, your approach offensively isn't the same as if it's a two to one game. 
it's it's a mental block of everyone trying to do too much or not trying to do enough. Absolutely. It's either we're all trying to get on base or we're all trying to hit homers. And I think the biggest problem I've seen in games like this that are very much so winnable, you hit a gap there and it's a winnable game still, is do you have a guy that's trying to work the at-bat and get the guy out of the game, and you have another guy that's trying to attack. And when you do both of those things, it offsets the other one. They need to have a consistent plan through all nine. Agreed. And they don't. Agreed. They haven't at all. They won the last two games. It's great. Offense is abysmal at best right now. They need to have a plan that's throughout the whole. I don't care if it's. Would we have nine or ten hits on that first game? In that first game too, like we took some good at bats. We didn't. We weren't facing Gosman. We're facing Logan Webb, who's a good pitcher. Who's a good pitcher. He had a good game. Give him some credit. But it seems like everybody has a good game against us. I don't look. We don't. And I think the biggest problem is they want to chase the pitcher. The Giants bullpen is good, but it's not their strong suit right. by any means. So I understand when it's to a chase a pitcher. But the way you chase a pitcher the most effectively is you hit the ball hard and yeah. you make the manager on the other side make a decision right. like, do we want to face this guy again? Yep. Hit the ball hard last time. And I don't know how many times this season I've seen Goldschmidt, and I love Goldie and Nolan, two obviously incredible players, know more about the game than I do and have achieved more than almost anybody ever to play the sport. But you see Goldie go up there, takes a great at-bat, he'll take seven pitches at-bat. And it's like, okay, we've got something working. Him and D.C. had good at-bats to get the guy up to ten pitches for, through those two at-bats. And then you see Nolan get a first pitch, pop it up. And it's like, okay, well now it's 11 pitches. Right. You'll take that as a pitcher. Absolutely. And it's like, it's just not a consistent approach. And that's why you see, um, oh my goodness, what's his name? They're hitting Jeff Albert. Yeah. Um, why you see him getting so much under fire. I mean, I'm so under fire by even the national broadcasters. Yeah, Eric Carroll's really going it's, after It's mind-boggling to see what their approach is. Because I see some guys go up there and take a first pitch fastball down the middle, but then their next at bat, they swing first pitch at a slider out of the zone. It's like, well, well what, are, what is your plan? Right. Why does it, can't, your plan can't change every at bat. Right. Because it's not going to pay off. It will never pay off if you change it every single at bat. Yep. So, game one, not the way we wanted to see Come out. We did get the autograph. You got the autograph, Willie McGee bobblehead. Yeah, that was good, right? First game uh, two last night. It was really, really. Good. I mean, KK again. What, He's been I mean, awesome. Twenty-one scoreless innings. Is that right? Uh, Twenty-one straight scoreless yeah. innings. Yeah. Awesome story. His family had the same pitcher in the big leagues for the first time. Thirty-two years old. KK mm-hmm. is probably never thought he'd get this opportunity. And his family being able to be in, t- in attendance, one of the coolest moments of the year. I can't imagine how great that felt for him to go out there and be as dominant as he was and in front of his family for the first time. At six innings, he gives up three hits, uh, two walks, only strikes out one. But you know what? I, I, we always well, we talk, we'll take efficiency, efficiency. every day. Greg Maxman living day. on it. Yeah, every day. Uh, now, our guy, Ryan Helsley, came in and it was not great. Two hits, a walk, gave up a run. But yeah, but you kind of saw that. He he, yeah. did, he didn't have the feel for it. He did not. Six days off. Yeah, he did not. Um, I'm not worried about Ryan Helsley at all. He was great today. No. Me but, neither. I mean, when you come in, and a lot of weak contact as well, but when you get that leadoff guy on, because if he were to throw strikes and get that leadoff guy out, that Donovan Solano single doesn't do correct. the damage that it is does. Correct. So he just didn't have it at the beginning. A couple pitches Found maybe it a little also bit. early. It was good to see him find it. He started mm-hmm. throwing strikes. And the, give cre- the Giants credit, they stayed, I mean, they stayed within the ball. They, yeah. They hit the ball hard. They do a lot of things. One, then obviously for the last two and two-thirds, we get uh, our big three, Cabrera, Gallegos, Reyes. They give up one hit, strike out three, uh, one walk. Reyes always does make things interesting like we talked about earlier. But they walk out with a three-to-one win. Uh, That was nice to see, obviously, with Desclafini. The the big hit, the Goldschmidt home run. Um, Uh, Yeah, huge. You know, Earl Weaver would have been proud of the three-point run home run. So Goldie has been... Goldie's been incredible for us lately, um, and we yeah. need him. We need him for the rest of the year. I mean, he's red hot. 
he does this every year, it seems like, where he's going to go through a stretch where he's hot. Love to see Nolan get hot and those two be hot at the same time because, good Lord, what that could mean for this offense. But, I mean, he's hitting the ball the other way over the fence. He had two hits again tonight, or one hit again tonight, but a really good at bats. He, I mean, he's been everything and more that we've wanted to be so far in the month of July. Um, today, you get the 2-1 victory again. We said on episode one, I'm not going to be the guy who says I told you so, but I told you we had a guy, and Wade LeBlanc's thrown four starts, and he's been really solid in three of the four. He is not flashy. I don't know what we're going to get from here on out from Wade LeBlanc, but hey. He has a slow heartbeat. You, and and I mean, he throws strikes. He, he gets bases loaded, and he's like, I've been here before. And even the balls that he throws, he only walked one guy today. Even the balls he throws outside of that, that Cubs game, where I thought he kind of got squeezed maybe a little bit early and then was that trying Carlson to overthrow play. a little bit. And then that, was, Carlson, that was a lot of a freaky situation. Yep. So a lot of weird things happened to him on that day. Um, you had the wind and everything else, a lot of weird things going on. But that again, all, all his pitches, yeah, that, um, that was bad. That was Tim Timmons that day. Uh, all these, all those pitches, were are they're around, even the balls are they're around his zone. And then we see Helsley come in and get out. I mean, he got into a jam in the sixth inning, uh, LeBlanc did. But we saw Helsley come in and, and just throw basically BBs. win us the game. I mean, threw a hundred, was throwing a hundred with ease. It almost seemed, I was, we were talking about this while the game was going on. His hundred is like his sweet spot. I don't think I've seen him throw a ball that's a hundred. It's yeah. weird. Like with those ninety five, it's like he's guiding it. Yeah. But when he just throws, he has a live arm and it's and he throws it. Well, he was throwing pitches down the middle and they couldn't touch him. And then once again, we go to our big three with Cabrera, Gallegos, and Reyes for three innings. Uh, they get you five strikeouts. Now they did walk three again. Alex Reyes looked a little tired, but he still he just has he, he just good. has a competitive edge to him that he's going to give it all yeah. he has every time he's out there. And normally in in situations where you get first and second in that game, I would be nervous. I was not once ever really nervous when he was out there, right? Because you know he's going to give you his all. His pitches he was missing were were competitive pitches. They were just laying off of them, but he outmatched every hitter he faced. Yep, like by a lot. They didn't have a chance on him. He's the reliever of the year, in my opinion. Nice but. to see Paulie D hit a bomb today. Uh, that was nice. We'll talk about him here in a minute. Uh, and then you get Carpenter with the double. Rondon comes hit. in. Huge hit. Rondon comes in. Good base running move huge, to get to that third. Was, that was that was big. Scores on the ground ball. The, the Bader. I mean, ended up being a single to count as a single. Right. Bader, like like I, we were talking about this during the game as well. Bader last year. There's a there was in that at bat. There was a one two slider he took. Um, last year that's strike three. Correct. He's done. He's trying to do too much. Yep. He lays off of it, gets a pitching handle, and puts it in play. Yep. And His Rondo speed scores. plays, yep. and he gets to first base. Obviously, brings energy to the team. And, I mean, if he can just continue to do what he's doing now, his average and everything, they're not eye-popping numbers, but his production has been well above the numbers and what they show. So you uh, take two or three again from the Giants. So four and two this year against the Giants. And we're done playing them. Unfortunately, the Brewers won't lose. In fact, they swept the Reds. We thought we were watching the watching the scoreboard at the game. Thought they might have a win. Thought they might have a win last night. The, the Reds and then the Brewers steal it from them yeah. again. And then the Brewers go off today dominate and dominate. So the Reds' wh- pitching is. I mean, the, their bullpen is is very, very bad. Here's the thing. I don't think you can stare at the Brewers right now. No. I think you have to stare at that 500 mark. That was always Tony's thing as well. Again, I go back to TLR. But that's a, that's a valid thing. Let's get to 500 and go from there. Right now we're only one game under I, it. I think the it. biggest thing, it just win, just go out there and put put a good game together every single day. Yeah. More, more than that, you will win. Stop walking people, which they've done a lot better of these last three games. And just go out, I mean, they can't chase the Brewers right now. Right. They have a lot of games against the Brewers this second half. So we'll see what happens from yep. there. But just go out one every day. I mean, who knows what team's going to fall. Every every year, some team falls out. Right. We don't know if it's going to be the Giants, if it's going to be the Dodgers or the Padres. Probably not. But some team will fall. 
And whatever team that is, Cardinals just can't be that team. Don't worry about your record right now. Just go out. They're playing with energy like they're a playoff team, which yeah. is what I like. They're not playing like other teams that are below 500 that don't think they have a chance. They very much so feel like they still have a chance and they believe it. Well, we know Nolan does because he gave Gray Gamsinger a big hug and said we're going to make the, yeah. uh, the wild card. So he knows it. Um, Which little, fired little me up for like so Let's two talk hours. about this. Three games today, You this weekend, you win two, but all three, three or less runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's still very concerning. We didn't see Gosman. Uh, Logan Webb, you should, I mean, and Johnny Cueto, who we hit, we hit well last time. He doesn't do anything flashy, but again, we're stymied. We just continue to add on to our league leading uh, as far as three runs or less. And that, that to me is, uh, it, it's just mind-numbing to watch a team that cannot put together three or four hits, three hits in an inning. And we were talking about how if Paul Young gets going, how dangerous his offense can be. But now he gets going, Nolan hitless in the series to start off the All-Star break, which almost makes me think he might have needed that All-Star break to rest a little bit more. Yeah. But Yachty has not taken very many good at-bats. It's been, it's been a tough... They don't all click at the same time. If this lineup can just get going, like just four or five of them. Right. Like Tyler's been great still, but if they can all go at the same time in the same inning, even. Yeah, I like know. You'll see guys have one or two hits in each game, but they're one guy gets a hit in the first, one gets a hit in the fourth, and they're they've got to string them together. They're singles or they're homers, which when they right. run us these games. Um, now Paulie obviously hitting almost four hundred in July with a one point one zero. He gets another home high. run. And that's what we need. Again, we've talked on here. We talked with Mike Godard, who joined us last week. That, in my opinion, he is the key to this lineup. You, this team cannot win with Yadier Molina hitting fifth every day. You have to have a, a DeYoung, or you have to have somebody who takes the reins of that five hole. You know, if you're going to have the Goldie Arenado, which I still don't love, it's okay. Let's like let's, it. let's go with it. Whatever. I'd love to see. We we also need to get Dylan Carlson going. He is really really in a funk right now. Today. Yeah, had a yeah had he a still hit has yesterday. some at bats where. It's like I know how they're going to attack him. Obviously, it's much easier for me to say that when I don't have to swing at it when you know the guy has ninety nine in his bag. But they're attacking him with outside the off speed. Either he swings over it or he rolls it over. And when he can start hitting that ball the other way, they're shifting him a lot. I think he'll be fine. Right. He needs. I think Tommy needs to go back in the leadoff spot for now. But well, Tommy. I mean, Tommy's struggling too. I mean, he's hitting. Under two hundred in the month I know, of July, but, so but he always you feel like he always, we talked about this. He always you always feel like he has a chance. Yeah, right now you don't really feel like Dylan has a chance. Yeah, so that's that's my thing. The the problem is right now you're just sort of I mean, and this is not a Mike Schilt issue uh, again. No. I'm I'm a Mike Schilt fan overall, right? I do have some questions about bullpen, but again, my highest level of coaching was high school. Yeah, and so let's remember and he's that manager of the okay? year, he's been yes, great. He got into right, the playoffs. Right, so we're I'm doing this with as abysmal teams. Someone as a massive fan of the team. Um, I, I he he doesn't have a lot of options when it comes to our lineup. I mean, it's not like I mean, in my opinion, and and Mike said this last week too, and I'm in agreement. Tommy Edmond is way more valuable if he's not in your lineup every day. If he plays three or four days a week, and I know you don't agree, I don't with, agree that, with that, but I do think that if you have a stud second baseman, I think that changes your entire lineup, right? And there are some of those guys I'm looking at. Right. Let's say we get Trevor Story and we move Paul DeHunt over to second base or whatever. There are some options there for next year. Uh, they, I think but, they're going to have to look at this offense has to has to really improve because we're just giving we give away so many outs every game. Yeah. And I think that's also the thing that I I almost think you're miss you're missing with that is does Tommy Edmund make your team better when he's not playing every day? I don't think so. I think he has a a really I mean he's a great defensive second baseman. Makes plays that, I okay. mean, obviously Colton Wong would make, but not many second basemen would make. 
and he gets on base. He does a lot of. He doesn't things. get on base. No, I mean, I'm, when, I'm sorry. That. When he gets on base, okay, he he makes okay. things happen with his feet. He has most on bases on the team still, and I think the problem that it is, and it's kind of masking the bigger problem, is that your team's really good if he's batting eighth, right? And other guys are producing, and you don't rely on him to be that offensive juggernaut in your lineup. So I think your team could be really good if you have him down there. Not you're not relying on him to do anything, and it's almost like a bonus if he goes out there and does what we know he can do. We've right. seen him do it. Right. Like the beginning of the season, he was incredible. The whole first month, he was really good. Ben had the most hits in baseball for a while, but I just I I mean his confidence has been drained, and it's obvious to me he doesn't look like the same hitter. Even they like I said I said this earlier, if you have a, a team that's struggling, and the one move you make is to Tommy Edmond, and to say that's telling him that he was the problem. Right. And he wasn't the problem. He was part of the problem. But there's a much bigger problem, and that's the whole offense. But to tell that guy, well, we're moving you down the sixth hole, and we're not going to play you every day anymore, it's like telling him, oh, so I was the issue. Right. And then so his confidence sit, is gone. And then conversely to sit, and I'm not saying you've been to Dylan Carlson, so that's not where I'm going no, with you. Don't. But you sit and you watch him in the leadoff slot struggle right now mm-hmm. and over the last three weeks, really, mightily, and there's no change there. There are a lot of questions, I think, that in that – and, and Tommy addresses. You wonder, hey, remember Tommy Pham spoke out against his organization. I don't agree with that. And we that. saw what no, happened. Let's, let's not do that. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I mean, not, no, I don't agree with that. I'm they, not, they saying, all, they I'm all not they, saying that's why. From what I've heard, everyone in that organization loves Tommy Evans, right. as they should. Right. Um, I think he's a really good player. I think he should put him back in the layup spot for at least one game, see what he does. If he goes off for four, you move him back down. I, I think what I would do is, right now with Dylan struggling, I would put him in the leadoff spot and let's see what happens. And let's go ahead and put Tyler O'Neill in that two slot. Let's go Nolan three. Let's go um, Goldie four. And let's go Dylan Carlson in the five hole. I, right now, I, I, I agree that I think the future for Dylan Carlson is probably in that leadoff for that number two slot, yeah. depending on what you add Obviously. in the future. But right now, let's get him to that five hole to give Nolan a little protection. Uh, but also to get man, you put Tyler up there in that second inning. You got a guy who can or in that and second spot who can run. He gets on base. He can hit for power. He is and he's been hitting for in my opinion a, a perfect number two hitter on this team. And he's going to see even more fastballs hitting in front of Nolan Arenado. Yeah, well, I don't. I just, I mean, maybe there's not. No, well, Yadi's hitting behind him. He's still he's yeah. getting. I mean, he's hitting pitches that aren't easy. He's not getting. But then you look at that inversely. What Dylan Carlson is not going to get anything to hit if you move him down to the five hole. I don't know. He might because he might have three guys on two guys on base. That's the difference. That's the difference. Well, same for Tyler then. If you bat him fourth behind those, two. Well, I'm talking about hit Dylan five. Well, it's still four. behind the same two. Correct. But what I'm saying is, when you don't have anybody getting on base in the first inning, now you've got if Tommy gets on base, great. But you've got Tyler. You've got Goldie who's on fire. No one's going to catch fire. And then you go to Dylan. I mean, that to me, you know. And I, I mean, honestly, I, I would hit. I would go that, and let's see what happens. But I'm also not in the mm-hmm. dugout and. I don't want to ruin Dylan Carlson, but I think he might need a little, little. From everything I've heard, Dylan Carlson off of him. is one of the most level-headed rookies that has come to this Cardinals organization in a long time. Yeah, heard the same. So thing. I don't think that if he moves on the five hole, he's going to be a mental, um, have mental issues and I, I completely don't... check out. I think he's going to be a long-lasting, really solid baseball player. I don't know. I think his ceiling is really high, and I don't think his floor is really low. I don't see Schultz making a move, especially when he went two in a row. And I'm not saying he's wrong there. I'm just thinking out, out, out loud. I would love to see Tyler O'Neill hit in the first inning. Yeah, That's I would what try. I would love to see. And, I mean, obviously, ideally, you would love to see one of your first three guys get on to have him be able to do yeah. that. But the problem is then they can pitch around him, and with Yachty's lack of 
um, power and even That's, like chasing a lot of pictures. Imagine the numbers. A lot of the bats from Yachty that aren't Yachty at bats. No, some it's, bad it's ones. really strange because they. Like today, you see him take really good at bats, and then you see him go up there, and he's like, "I'm swinging no matter what." No matter where it is, and it doesn't really make any sense. That's going to ever be an approach. Yesterday, three straight swings on three balls, not they, even close. They weren't like they didn't look like strikes. Not even close. And again, but also, we, I think we should talk about Nolan for a little bit. Great player, obviously. We've seen all the accolades. He's going to be probably in the Hall of Fame when he's all said and done. The problem is that I'm having his hot streaks are really hot and they're awesome. His cold streaks happen way. Way too often. Yeah, he has a cold streak for a week, two weeks, once a month. It that can't that happen, way. right? That cannot happen if we're relying on you to be the guy Agreed. in the order. His defense—he obviously doesn't take it to his defense, and he, he's always valuable when he's on the field. But I don't understand for the life of me. I've never seen a superstar struggle this. Like everyone struggles for two weeks. Trout does everyone, but not this consistently where you can bank it on does it's going to. Yeah, it's going to happen. And it spirals and spirals and spirals. Mm-hmm. And I just don't. I don't get it. And one thing you've seen and that you've talked about, and again, like I, 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 I said earlier in the year, is that uh, Nolan. Like I haven't been this excited about having a player in a Cardinal uniform since. Oh, he's my favorite player here, in right? baseball. Right. So, so please don't. We are not criticizing Nolan or not. Well, we're criticizing but we are looking a at what's bit. happening. Well, we're not. We're, we're just but we're observing not, and reporting. I mean, Nolan right? is my favorite player in baseball. No right. hate to Nolan. And and the the thing that also like it, it is a, a guy who hits so many home runs. Does hit a lot of fly balls to right. He, he does not hit the ball out to right field or to center field. Like we were at the game the other day, and he hit the ball to right field. You stood up, everyone I stood did. up. I sat down. <laughs> he did because he sat, hit it to right center. I was like, "There's no chance." And it, goes it wasn't. Out. It wasn't even close. When he hit it, it looked good, but it didn't. And it go sounds anywhere. good. It too. didn't like go His anywhere. balls. He hit another one today, and they sound good. And you ever see Paul DeYoung hit the ball all the way out? And uh, no one's going to say and Paul DeYoung has more power. The other day. He's huge. But, yeah. Well, you. No one's going to say he has more power than Nolan. Right. But. It's so strange. That, like, if I'm a pitcher, he's getting nothing but fastballs there, because he doesn't he doesn't get many hits that way. That's why they shift him. And if you don't shift him, he's gonna have to hit in the air, and he can't. Yep. Like center field, I haven't seen him. He's hit every home run to left field, a couple to left center, but they're all pulled. Yeah. And they're picking up on it. Right. And it and Bush Stadium's big. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, Dylan Carlson hit a homer the other way in Bush Stadium, so I just, I just don't get it. It's weird. I, I agree, and you've, you've picked up on this early, and I'll give you props on that. Uh, listen, we got four games with the Cubs coming up. You're going tomorrow night. Let's get us a win. We know that we'll see Kyle Hendricks, the guy who just seems to own us. But the Cubs uh, uh, in sell mode, as we saw them trade Jack Peterson to the Braves, which, hey, shout out to the Braves because you lost. You had the Ozuna crap. You lost Soroka. You lost Acuna a, a for the year. top player in baseball. Right, and you're adding a guy like Jock Peterson, who, by the way, the more I watch him, even as a Cub, oh, the awesome. more I love Jock Peterson. Everything about Jock Peterson. Hit a home Peterson. run for, yesterday for him. He has so much fun. Hits a home run for them. He seems to fit that Atlanta Braves clubhouse. Um, and and I, I'm interested. I mean, that in at least which we're going to talk about here in just a second, is open. So they're, they're adding. I, I think the Cubs, you might see a couple more deals this week. A lot of talk about Rizzo to the Red Sox right now. A lot of talk about that. Where he started, he was drafted by by the Red Sox. Uh, and that would you put him in that lineup, and, and they have struggled to find a first baseman. Bobby Dahlbeck's going to be really good. Basically. Yeah, but he's and he's struggling a little bit. They they had uh, the other young kid there tonight, and he ended up getting hurt. Uh, I can't the name Duran. Yes. No, 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 no. no. He did play today. Yeah, uh, one of their other outfielders was there today, and I can't think of who it was. That's all right. That's irrelevant. Um, But there are a lot of talk about Rizzo maybe heading there. And you know what? Hey, kudos to the Cubs if that's where they trade him, to where he started. You get him in a pennant race. Who who says you don't sign him back next year? He is. We've talked about he's not Mr. Cub. That's Ernie Banks. But uh, we know that he is a a big part of that, that town and that community. But 
the, what a what a great deal we might see there. I, I I can't imagine how deflated that Cubs team is right, right now. I mean, and it's honestly, I'm not a Cubs fan by any means. I don't like them at all. But I've never I've never been one of those Cardinal fans that absolutely hates the Cubs. Same. Because when I was growing up, they were so bad that I didn't care. Right. Cardinals Cubs games were always sold out, and I never really understood it, other than the fact that they were close and they were a rival. But it, I've it's sad to me to see a team. That was so much fun to watch, even as a fan that didn't want them to win the World Series because 108 years, it was funny. Right. But to see that team just get torn apart, yeah. it's it's a kind of heartbreaking for baseball. Because, right. I, I mean, that's the sucky thing about getting all your guys come up and coming up at the same time. They're all going to be up for contracts at the same time. And if you're the Cubs, keeping any of them doesn't make any sense if you're going to give away one of them. Because there's no guarantee you're signing Javi Baez back or Rizzo. So get what you can out of them, and maybe they'll come back after. But if they don't, like, why do you need Anthony Rizzo in your lineup that's going to lose 100 games next year? And you have a lot. You have a lot of guys who teams are going to want. Zach Davies. I mean, Craig Kimbrell might be number one. Javi oh. Baez. You've got guys who teams are Rizzo, going to Bryant. want. I mean, the Peterson trade. You know, they've already kind of Poor started. Ian and that, and, right, right. He might be there alone. Yeah, he might be. He and Nico Horner. They might be there. Nico Horner's just done. You know, by themselves. Um, so anyway, we got a four-game set coming up with the Cubs. We go to Cincinnati. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what we can do. Uh, we have heard Flaherty's thrown on flat ground, right? He's doing simulated bullpens. Miles um, Michael's going on a rehab start this week. Hope, hope everything goes well yes, for him. Yes. A guy that deserves it. Yes. He works really, from what I hear, he works incredibly hard. I mean, it's almost and like. And it's really sad to see the way that this has gone for him because it's cool to see a guy that struggled come back and have so much success. And it's hard to see a guy that's had all been through all that. And to be sidelined from things he can't control. Agreed. So I hope everything goes well. And obviously it helps us a lot if he comes back healthy. But I just hope it goes well and he can go out there and pitch well. And obviously no pain and no more injuries because he's a big part of this team. But also he seems like a great dude and just kind of deserves yeah. a chance again. But, to be good. but here's the thing too. And, and I'm not saying this team's not going to make a deal. I don't know. They're, they're sort of stuck in limbo right now. Nine games out. But you get Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty back. That's like making a massive mm-hmm. impact trade. That's like making a trade, and yeah. it makes your bullpen better because there's you put Wade LeBlanc back in the bullpen if you need to. You have guys. Or even your five star. Or, or your, your five starter, right? I mean, obviously tomorrow Jake Woodford. Woodford pitching. goes. I'm intrigued um, to see what same, that goes. Same. That could be. I mean, if he can, we've seen flashes of him being really good. So hopefully he can come up and be really good. Yep. Not get pushed over by Nick Castellanos and everything. Haven't heard about much about Ponce yet. I, I haven't looked. I haven't seen much about so him. So I'm interested. I, I mean, he was pitching really well out of the bullpen he's, for He us. needs to be in the bullpen. Yeah. He should not be a starter ever again. Don't think we see Carlos Martinez in a Cardinal uniform again. I could be wrong there. I just kind of have a hunch. Another really sad ending to his career. Yeah. He's had moments where we've both it, been very frustrated with him, but he's also had great moments. Absolutely. Two-time, two-time All-Star? Two-time All-Star. Yeah. Big moments for us. One of was a big part of us being the Braves a couple years back. So, I mean, that's a sad ending to his career right. if that is the end. So excited for this week. Excited for this week. we got seven games in, in the conference or in the division, uh, which is really, really, which should be really fun. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on for baseball for just a minute as we, we get ready to get out of here in a little bit. Uh, I'd be remiss. Again, you guys all know who listen. I, I know very little about hockey, but shout-out to Tampa Bay for back-to-back. Big time shout out to Pat Maroon. Three, three in, a, in row. a row, right? That that the commercial is going to have to yeah, make a change. Have to change it. They're going to have Still to make a change. Still didn't have a Tom Smythe award, <laughs> but, but I mean that city of Tampa. That that's awesome. Yeah. Can they stop winning now? I no. mean, I mean, remember Tom when Boston Brady, did this? Remember when Boston did this with the that was the Patriots, the Red Sox, and the Celtics and the Bruins? Well, it's the, happening well, in Tampa. The Blues ruined that Bruins. Maybe one. it's a Tom Brady thing. Wherever he goes, I mean, he does. He, uh, 
No. He just not. brings winning with him. He yeah, I mean, seems he to. He just brings winning Tampa with Bay him. Down there. Yep. So, uh, shout out to them. That's that's really cool. Yes. Um, I kind of lost interest in the NHL playoffs when the Blues lost in the yep. first round, but that's that's still cool. Uh, let's talk just a little bit about the NBA. Obviously, we're going to have Matt Seward on, former student of mine, but also a writer for, for many fantasy football websites and magazines. I'm really excited to have him on, but also the largest Phoenix Suns fan I know. Um, and he was when they were garbage. So I give him, you know, you have the guys who follow teams, right? The the um, diehard fans. No, you have the diehard fans, but then you have the guys who jump ship because oh, LeBron, the bandwagon, the bandwagon fans. Good lord, well, again, the Golden State fun. Warrior fans, or, right? Or the Laker fans now, yeah. right? Um, or well, probably now the Suns or Bucks fans, whatever they'll be. Oh. I'm sure that my students will have a lot of Suns or Bucks unis on this year. But he is a diehard Suns fan, so I'm really hoping he will be on with us Wednesday. I'm really hoping that we are previewing a Game 7, because the NBA needs a Game 7. right? The NBA also, game Chris needs Paul game needs seven. a championship. Yeah, It would be heartbreaking to see him come this close and not win it. I love Giannis. He's going to get more chances to do this. It's kind of heartbreaking that they, didn't be, that they might not be able to pull this out. But, um... I mean, Milwaukee just won three straight, so why can't the Suns go out there and take two? Yeah, game game four, uh, the Bucks. I thought the Suns had it under control, just like I kind of thought last night that the Suns had it under control. And here comes Giannis and Chris Middleton. They don't quit. Absolutely incredible. Devin Booker, once again, 42 points in game three. But it, it, Giannis with a lot of people calling it the block of, of the playoffs, right? Obviously, LeBron's is one of the best. Better known, than LeBron's. But I think it was better than LeBron's. He is... We are seeing the Greek freak healthy, mm-hmm. and we're seeing what he can do, and we're seeing why he won two MVPs. Back to back. And, you know, and what we're also seeing is the Chris Middleton coming out party. And I know that he struggled at times in the last series, and people were like, oh, this and that. But we've, we saw him against Atlanta at times, and we've seen him in this series just absolutely look like a superstar. And they talk about how guys in the league knew, know this of him, but he is he is fun to watch. Also, to me, to ever criticize a shooter for having a bad game is kind of ridiculous. There is going to be nights where his shot's not there. Yep. He's a shooter. Yep. Steph Curry has nights where he misses 15 threes. Right. But you have to keep shooting or else you're not going to be productive at all. But, I mean, two-time All-Star Chris Middleton as well. He's awesome. And Greek Freak, there's never been a more fitting nickname in the world. He's truly a freak athlete. Yeah. Awesome. It seems like an awesome dude. I saw a video of his... Um, for, somehow for the first time, his acceptance speech for the MVP right. award, where he was crying, talking about the work he's put in. And um, it's awesome to see it paying off now. I don't care who wins this series too much. I want the Suns to win. But it, I would be very happy for either team and all the players that were able to win this championship. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I picked the Suns in six. I will be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> no matter you're wrong. You picked the Suns I'm, in seven. Um, I'm hoping to go. I want to see an NBA game seven. Uh, look, the other guy that nobody talks about. And I understand it because this, both teams are full of guys that we love to watch. But Pat Connington plays 30 minutes a night from Notre Dame, and he is like John Paxson was with the Bulls or Steve Kerr. He, he is in the right place at the right time, and he hits big threes mm-hmm. when you need it. He gets hustle plays on the floor. He does, he's not, I mean, obviously the injury to Dante Vincenzo hurt them. Yeah. But Pat Connington has always been a solid basketball player, but he is really showing the world. And again, he's not going to score 30 points a night. But he hit some big shots in both Game Four and Five that helped the Bucks. Every successful championship team in every sport has a couple guys like him, or maybe one or two, who know their role. He knows his role. He doesn't try to go out there and outscore Giannis. He knows who he is as a player, and every team needs that. Steve Kerr, you mentioned him. Yeah. 
um, Tony Kukoc. They know their role as a player. Yeah. Brooke Lopez knows his role. And we've talked about P.J. Tucker and P. J. Jay Tucker Crowder. And Jay Crowder. Right. Yeah, guys I mean, you need on your team, but you just need those shooters yeah. to extend. J.J. Redick was that guy who could shoot. He just never won a title. But Yeah. Right, right, yeah. He'll correct. be one eventually. Um, but Pat Connaughton's been in the league for a few years, and out of Notre Dame, he was a great player in college. It's just nice to see those guys. Last night, one of my all-time favorite athletes is Drew Holiday. Uh, not just because I think he's an awesome basketball player, but because he is just an awesome human and an awesome person. And last night, he put on a show, and he just ran circles around Chris Paul. Yeah. And, you know, it was nice to see that. Again, Chris Paul has to step up, I think, in this game. He did have 21 points, uh, 11 assists. Again, Booker comes out with 40. So 42 in game three, 40 last night. Giannis last night with 32. Middleton with 29 and Drew Holiday 27. That's a big three. We always talk about a big three. Last night, those three showed up. And the big three for the Suns, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Um, I I have no doubt Chris Paul is going to show up. Tomorrow is it tomorrow night where they play? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. I have no doubt in my mind that he will show up because it's Chris Paul. He knows what's on the line, and he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. Top five point guard of all time, in my opinion. And I have no doubt him. He's going to show up. We know Booker's going to show up. He always does. And DeAndre Ayton's been solid every night. I mean, honestly, they're not. You can't really single out a reason why this Suns team is losing per se. It's just the Bucks are just playing better. And it it slightly better. Watching the game last night, it was. The Suns all year were a dominant defense. And right now it looks like they have no answer uh-huh. for this team at all. Uh, they're, they're collapsing on Giannis. They're fouling Giannis. The crowd's counting down. It's fantastic. But he's he's still making plays. And that dunk, that pass that Drew Holiday gave him last night on that alley-oop, and that dunk he had late in the fourth, oh my goodness. I also noticed, and it, it was weird to me, um, so the first couple of games everyone was like, well, the Suns are going to win at four because they are just rebounding on a different level than the Bucks. They there was a lot of second chance points for the Bucks. And I that's not what you expect when you have Aiden and you have those guys underneath. And I don't know if they've figured out a new scheme to where they have guys in a better position. We talked about Brooke Lopez a little bit, not rebounding at all in the first couple of games of the series. I don't know if um the coaches have figured out a way to put them in a better position to rebound and get second chance points out there. But I mean that's a big difference as well. When you are able to get second chance points that kills your team We've seen that years as Carolina fans, where it's killed us in <laughs> right. March Madness. Uh, you have to get defensive rebounds almost every time. And, and what's kind of hurting with guys that who were helping out? Obviously, Cam Johnson hits a couple big threes last night for the shout Phoenix. Out. But they're yeah, right. Shout out to Carolina. Um, however, the bench of, of just mainly Portis and Connaughton for Milwaukee have really outplayed them. Last night, it, it felt like Milwaukee found something as Drew Holiday was really on Devin Booker and did a great job defensively. And it seemed like when P.J. Tucker, the guy we think as of as a defender, mm-hmm. when he was on Booker, Booker couldn't be stopped. Um, so it's going to be interesting for me in Game 6, do they put do they put Drew Holiday on Devin Booker, or does he go slide over to guard Paul? It's going to be a really interesting thing, because if he's on Paul, Paul's going to probably struggle. And if he's on Booker, like I, I'm, inter- I'm interested to see I how think, the, the Bucks match that I up. I mean, I think the way that they're probably going to look at it and the way I would look at it, Booker's getting his 40 right now, but they're still losing. Right. So why change it? Because Chris Paul is the glue that holds the team together, as he has been with every team he's ever played on. If Chris Paul's out there doing his thing, not turning the ball over, controlling the game, he's as close to a quarterback-type player as there is in in, in basketball because he can control a game defensively and offensively as well as anybody has maybe in the history of basketball other than Magic Johnson. So, I mean, I would say they're probably going to try and control. If you try and control Booker – that's a mismatch. He's what, three, four inch taller than uh, uh, yes. Drew Holiday easily. I would say they probably stick him on Paul. Yeah. 
and let Booker get his points, but don't let anyone else get their right, points. Right, right. Uh, for those of you who aren't massive NBA fans, we know there's a lot of you out of there. Check it out tomorrow night. The NBA Finals, uh, Other, obviously the first three games were blowouts, which sucked. It, it shouldn't be that way. You and I talked about that yesterday. Uh, it shouldn't be that way in the NBA Finals. But, guys, you are seeing three of the younger – four. Let's throw Aiton in there. Four oh, younger yeah. great players in Middleton, Giannis um, – because we forget Giannis isn't very old. No. Right? And, and, then, Booker. and Booker and Aiton. I mean, these are the fu- future of the NBA is really strong. And uh, I enjoy every minute of it. I'm hoping when we have Matt on Wednesday that we are previewing a game seven. I think we will be. Yeah, I hope My so. prediction, six, I think Suns are going to win a seven. All right. All right. Before we get out of here, anything else you wanted to add or um, you need to talk about? I think we covered it all. We, we hit a lot today. We had a lot to say. This is what happens when you take a week and a half off. Uh, once again, guys, thank you for joining us. We can't thank you enough. Uh, you, you have really, really, really been the backbone to what we're trying to do. Like I said, we started this just thinking, hey, we want to talk, we talk sports all day long, and uh, our family gets tired of it, so we figured we might as well go ahead and do this. If, if you are a podcast fan and you are a fan of true crime and serial killers, uh, we have two other nobles in the... Okay, uh, not if you're a fan of serial right, killers. Right, fair. Learning about serial <laughs> right, killers. Right, right, that is... If you're well, a fan of serial fan. killers... Please disassociate yourself right. from us. And, and a fan of the paranormal, look, we got two other nobles in here. Uh, my wife and our daughter, and my daughter Emma, uh, Monsters and Mixers, check it out. They are awesome. They're rocking it. They are absolutely killing it out there. So for those of you who uh, love the true crime, you love the paranormal, I want to give them a shout out. They deserve it. They're awesome. Take a, take a minute and give them a, a, a like on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. Uh, I think you'll really like what you hear. Uh, if you, you know, for us, we're obviously sports fans, but we like a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so, once again, we can't thank you guys enough. We will be back uh, Wednesday, um, and I will either share that Wednesday night or we'll share that Thursday morning. We do have a special guest host uh, with us, a co-host with us, uh, Matt Seward. We're really excited about that. Uh, go Cardinals! Let's go! Let's we got the Cubbies this week. It's always Cubby week. Is always fun. Let's go do that, and we'll we'll be back on later this week to talk to you one more time. Uh, at more underscore noble, follow us. I'm not even going to give you Caleb's Twitter. It's not even worth it anymore. At more underscore noble, give us a follow. Give us a like on Facebook, please. Don't forget to rate us. Right? Don't hate us. Go ahead and rate us. We're out there. We want we want all the love that you keep sharing. We really appreciate it. Feel free to give us a share. If you have anything you want to send our way that you'd like to hear about or you want us to talk about, hey, send us a message on Facebook. Send us a, a DM on uh, Twitter. We'll get a hold of that, and we can go from there. we got all kinds of stuff we need to talk about. Have a fantastic day. Take care of each other. Uh, we appreciate you. Cheers. The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know.